to how Squall from Final Fantasy VIII looks. The greatest fictional character of all time. He's a cool character, and his outfit's cool. I'm totally 100% cool with saying Squall is cool. I, I think Final Fantasy VIII gets a lot of hate, and I really like it. Does it's, it get a lot of hate? I just there, think it's there like is, the there, forgotten there, child. Oh, totally. There is like a... There was a big resurgence against that a while ago. And like, it I kind of yeah. get it, but I think there's fucking cool shit in that game. Final Fantasy VIII's so good. Like, I, why would you dislike it? The gunblade mechanic was amazing. Like, I think that's so good. Yeah, it had like active reloads as a thing, or like, you know... Um, rhythm games pressing mm. a button to time something before it was even popular it was great and that last dungeon was fucking awesome being in space was cool mm -hmm. the whole twist being don't spoil it you it's know, like a 20 year old game they're all orphans all of them that was <laughs> now, now in fairness that was kind of terrible that was amazing it was just it, like it, hey we all remembered we're orphans from the same orphanage this is not cool brian this is the part of the podcast where neve and john fight uh, you mean the podcast Okay, that sound earlier on was me moving my chair. Also, we have the windows open because it's fucking roasting. Yeah, apologies if that's if you're hearing that in the sound. It is un unusually hot in Ireland, and our pasty bodies are just melting in the heat of it. So we have all the windows open. A car alarm will probably go off at some point. That's fine. That's meant to happen. That's the video game part of the podcast. That's the let's fight a boss experience you all come here for. Yeah, uh, it's the ambiance. Yeah, you know what bit I like from Final Fantasy VIII. You know when you all... Is it Cypher or Cypher? I would have said Cypher. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but I think it's Cypher. <laughs> okay, because Cypher is the coolest. Cypher... My neighbor's cat used to be called Cypher. I could never take him that seriously as Cypher. But Cypher... But anyway, you're like fighting Cypher. Cypher is like... I guess he's the, he's the Vegeta of that game? Not even. He's kind of like the red herring villain. Yeah. But like you fight him throughout the game. Yeah. But there's a cool bit... Where like it's your party just against Cipher, and they're like, "You're a monster, Cipher." I don't have a fucking clue what he did, but then he goes, "Well, you're the ones attacking in packs. That makes you the monster." And to fifteen-year-old for thirteen-year-old John, that was the deepest shit in the world. So cool. <laughs> so cool. And you know the fucking whatever else people want to say about Final Fantasy VIII, the cutscene at the start where Squall gets his scar. That's some real ass shit right there. That is ageless. That yeah. is so cool. So cool. Still cool. Go, like, I, we're all loot chopping Final Fantasy VIII intro. It was amazing. Yeah, even me, I guess. Yes, you are. You love it. <laughs> I do, really. I've only, I've only played the first two hours of seven. Renoa has, like, a launcher that she gets where she literally launches her dog. It's just like a yeah. kind of Bernese mountain dog called like, Angelo. It's The weapon is that she throws her dog at you. It's so great. Dog gun. Are you ever mm -hmm. going to go back to seven, Brian? No, because when I switched over to my Vita 2000, I lost my save. And, and that's a slow start, that game. Yeah, no, I like I really, really, really like the Midgar stuff at the beginning. And then I got to the bit where you have to cross the marsh, but you have to get a chocobo to race across the marsh to avoid the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, weird, yeah. the weird worms. That fucker. But uh, what happened was I was going across the marsh in my chocobo and I pressed the dismount button by accident. 
and then a fucking snake just ended me. And I was like, oh, well, I forgot to save for the last two hours. Oh, no. So uh, I guess I'm the fucking fool. <laughs> you are. True. Yeah, that's true. But you should go... You should, Have you not played any of the mainline ones? I've played a lot of Six, which is a SNES game. and that, Really? I didn't know that. That game counts. Yeah. No, oh, totally. No, that's Six is game. one of the best. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I've got Six on the Vita and I have Six on the SNES Mini as well, but it's Final Fantasy 3 on that. Um, I've Like, the closest thing I've played to, and I think it's fair to say, is the Mario uh, the Mario uh, game made, made by Square Enix that was made, made like, a year no, before. No, no, look, that, Jesus, that face. Yeah, I was Neat like... is making a face that if someone took a photo of it and, like, put impact text over it, it would become a meme. But, like, the joke is, is that game was made, like, a year before no, Final Fantasy VII. That is a legit... And a lot of the same team uh, are on it. Yeah, that is a legit RPG. That is really? very, very good. I've just... <laughs> It's very, very similar to Final Fantasy. I can't. I, can't I don't. I, you're saying I those words. Me won't give a Mario game a fair shot. She, like you love Odyssey. A I, I don't books. see what your problem oh, is. We'll no, none, t- of we'll none of us loved Odyssey. None of us loved Odyssey. We'll talk John, about Mario John, later. John loved the three hours of Odyssey he played. Yeah. Sixty euro well spent. I'm never playing it. Like, <laughs> I beat that game. I beat it. It was like it was like eight hours. But yeah, I'm never playing that game again. That game sucks. Do you know what's a good game? Final Fantasy fucking seven. And eight, apparently. And nine. And nine. And ten. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And twelve. And ten. And thirteen. Let's just skip right. <laughs> Not thirteen. Thirteen, Neve. Thirteen. Final Fantasy fifteen is a good game according to John and Neve. That's all I know. That is factually inaccurate. That is fake news. See, sometimes John talk about fifteen and I'll, like, leave my brain and I'm like, he likes that game, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Brian... I- you should play like Tactics or Tactics Advance. I have. I've got Tactics Advance, but I call it Final Fantasy Tic Tacs. Because there's a guy at work who also calls it Tic Tacs, and that's like a thing. Because it comes up a lot, does it? It, it came up twice this week, yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because, look, there's a lot of special boys at work, and friends with all of them. So this next one goes out to all the special boys out there. And it is the Let's Fight a Boss podcast episode 70. Yeah. Seven? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Let's Fight a Boss cast, the world's strongest video game podcast. We got a question a little while ago and someone was like, do you just call it the world's strongest video game podcast because of that one chapter of Berserk where they called it the world's strongest fantasy manga Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. To my left, we have the Black Swordsman himself, Donner of the Berserk Armor. It's Brian. Hey, I have one arm. To my right, Savior of the New <laughs> Jesus. Savior of the New Land, Bringer of the Eclipse. It's Neve Griffith. We got it. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and with you always, I ours. With you always, I am your host, John Puck, aka Josh, aka Josh. That's becoming a real big thing. I'm seeing that a lot in videos. <laughs> hey, Josh Griffith. I saw the one where you were like Josh knocking out of the park again. That's his name. <laughs> did you write that? No. Which video? She did. Uh, your Yakuza one. It was really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, great fit, Josh. Yeah, that, that one tore the soul out of me. <laughs> the word fit is just so funny <laughs> on its own. Like, there's no other word you can use. Mm. Like, at this point on, we shouldn't explain Josh. People either know or they don't. 
Yeah, no, it, like, that's his yeah. name. Yeah, that's my name. So, Brian. Yeah. You watched Arrested Development Season 5. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about it because there's nothing worth saying. Okay. Okay, I'm going to talk about this other show called Search Party. I also watched Arrested oh. Development Season no. 5. And... Do you plenty to say about it? I liked it. You okay, like- I'm, I'm halfway through and I'm actually enjoying it. I like the APB joke. That made me laugh out loud and spill food out of my mouth. So here's the thing. It's been like four or five years since I watched the first three seasons of Arrested Development. And I know that this is not making me laugh like those made me laugh. But I also know I'm having a way better time than I did with season four. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, it is so much better than season four. There is more evidence of them being in the room together. Yeah, time. there's lots. They, they did lots of stuff together. Wasn't season four, like, notoriously bad? Season four was horrific. It's just a very disappointing season in which the scheduling was so bad that characters are green screened together. Oh, why would you even bother? Why would you do a comedy like that? In a show where the whole thing is letting these character actors play off each other, that it was awful. It was so bad. But in this season, I feel like I'm getting a lot more of the actors together. And I feel like it's like diet arrested development as opposed to... like bad arrested development and so I'm okay with it because I fucking I love that show so much for me I'm still finding a problem that they have to fix a lot of it in post by tying it together I'm using a lot more narration to fill in the gaps yeah and that it didn't have that originally no like no. the like before they had the narrator being very passive but now he's got more lines than the characters in the show he's like a character now like, like a full blown character like he has more dialogue than like Job in some episodes and like it might be like a Job episode but that's the thing about it like I love the actors so much like I love Will Arnett I love Lucille like Lucille like there's a joke in it and Lucille just says oh shit but that actor is so amazing that it's just really funny yeah she's brilliant she's brilliant it sucks about the shit about on on the set with her did you hear that yeah with Jeffrey Tambor because he's on another show called Transparent Transparent in which he plays like a patri- transparent yeah a, 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 he, he plays the patriarch of a family who announces that uh, she is now trans and the family has to kind of like get used to it but the show is more of a family show and the leading actor Jeffrey Tambor is not in the final season of it because of two on set sex assault allegations. oh no what or well sexual misconduct I, I, I'm not sure because I don't really watch the show I don't follow that that's show. fucking disappointing but it just seems like he's just like difficult to work with and the cast of Arrested Development particularly the female staff the cast were saying that he's he's nasty that mm. sucks that really sucks it was a really sad thing to read she was so upset yeah she was like she said she, like she's this is Jessica Walter yeah who plays Lucille and like she's got such a TV and film pedigree and she was like in all my years like she's never been bullied like he bullied her <sighs> it's disgusting it's so sad hearing anyone speaking about being bullied, especially just like an like older woman crying. It's like what the fuck. And like she has such fire to her as well. Mm. It sucks. I really liked maybe like maybe's actress. Yeah, maybe is in it a bunch more this season, yeah. and she's great. This is why I want to talk about that other show, Search Party. Well, Brian, why don't you go ahead and talk about Search Party right after Neve is done telling us about Tomb Raider? Oh no, let's sit, stick with the sitcoms. Okay, this is a show <laughs> Sorry, uh, that stars the actress who plays Maybe. Hang on one fucking moment. I said we're going to talk about Tomb Raider. 
and we're going to talk about fucking Tomb Raider right after Brian's done telling us about Search Party. It stars uh, <laughs> Alia Shawkat is the actor, actor, actress, blah. I don't know what you're supposed to say anymore. Pronouns. It's 2018. You can say whatever you want. Neve, what are we meant to say? Yeah, come on, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. Actor. Actor, actress? because because like you wouldn't say doctress, you'd say doctor. So let's say actor. <laughs> I can't say doctress anymore. <laughs> no, you can't. So you gotta say actor for everyone. Acting. Um, Man, it's doctress. It's, it's, yeah, politi- no. it's political correctness run amok. I'm just saying it. It is. Yeah. I'm gonna take the pronoun oh. uh, vor. No wait, John should take that. See, I'm doing a callback. What's, what's my butcheress going to say about all this? <laughs> it's like your doctor? No, it's my butcher who's a lady. <laughs> she's going to be just slicing up that meat going, I don't know, Josh, they're being real mean to you. She's very, she's very wise. She's like, listen, it's a new age. You got you to gotta just roll with the punches. Got to adapt. There's female magicians now. We just got to go with it. <laughs> Magicuses. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Search Party is... Yeah, this wine. Uh, Search Party is a TV show that stars Alia Shawkat, and it's co-created, co-produced by the guy who made Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. And this is better than Girls, but not quite as good as Broad City, in that it's about a group of 20-somethings in New York. That's interesting, because I like Girls, but I don't like Broad City. That is, I love Broad City. I fucking hate Girls. I like both, but I way prefer Broad City. Um, Search Party is about four and a half because there's a character who's not in every episode or has minor appearances group of friends who represent themselves one way at the start but then as you watch the show you're like hang on there's layers to them this is actually really really good group of friends um, and they are sort of getting in on a mystery because the main character played by Shawcat starts looking for a girl that they went to college with is missing and she kind of gets interested in this because she's bored with her everyday life. But then her friends start joining in and it's actually a good mystery storyline. Is it a Scooby-Doo caper? It's a caper. I wouldn't say it's a Scooby-Doo caper, but like it's 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 like a super dark comedy. But like, But like it's not very funny, but it does have a sense <laughs> of humor. It's one of those descriptions where I feel more lost. I'm quite lost with this show, but I'm five episodes in and I can't wait to watch episode six. Well, I mean, that's cool. Like I, I like that when I, I love when you're at that point with the show when you're like I don't know why I like this but I like this yeah and the show came out in 2016 and there's two whole seasons for me to watch and I'm so fucking glad I get to watch it now all there and I get to binge it and, uh, and like it, it's brilliant I, I highly recommend it cool um while we're on sitcoms I've been watching Unbreakable Kimmy Smith season four oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah so good yes I like that so show. good season three wasn't great it had its had its moments but overall it was kind of it was just not the level of humor one and two was season four is back on point point it's so funny that's good really excited to watch more they've done the thing where they split it up into two parts so six episodes now and another six later that's a really good format i want it now i was really loving it but yeah i i guess i it it, the opposite it stops me from binging which is probably good because I don't know, you kind of burn through things sometimes. You do a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it's just gone. And like when Better Call Saul is on Netflix, I, I like the week to week of that. I, I like being like, oh shit, look at all this. Mm-hmm. But if that was all out in one, I'd just inhale it. Where did um, Orange is New Black go? 
Um, it's usually out at the end of June, so let's see how we get on. Okay, because they're being very quiet about you it. Gotta, you gotta be just, you gotta just slow down a little here. I fucking love that show. I love women in prison. <laughs> I've said that I, several times said that on this podcast. Do you know how weird so many more in real life? <laughs> it's not weird to say that. It's an interesting situation for interesting female characters. Why is it different to men in prison, Brian? Because men in prison, have you seen Oz? That show is, that show Have is you fucking seen a- Prison Break? Did <laughs> yeah. you know you can buy hot toys of the both main characters from Prison Break? Because <laughs> I, like, I know. What, what little like jumpsuit uniforms? Yeah. You can like take them off and you can see the tattoos. They like they did so dirty by that female character in it. You know the girl he falls in love with, and her head ends up in a jar. Yeah, they end up sevening her. Severing, That's severing. Sevening. The wine, sorry. No, it's the film Seven. Brian, you know when you're yeah, a teenager. Yeah, that, that's what happens in Brian, Seven. You know when you're a teenager <laughs> and you see Seven and you're like, whoa. I saw Seven when I was like almost 18 and so I was perfect. Like, I, I, I nearly missed the, the fucking mark on it, but I was just like, I was, I was watching, I was like, I don't like this show. And then like the last like 20 minutes happened and you're like, this is so, this is me. I fa- I, I, I'm I, the killer. I watched Fight Club what? when I was 20, but I'm kind of like emotionally slow so it still really got me John's very stunted everyone I am it's true so uh, yeah Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt (laughs) (laughs) it's great everyone watch it I love that like Cheryl the robot that's just in literally every scene is more of a character this season it's so funny cool Um, alright so I watched I watched a little of the new season of The Toys That Made Us. Oh yeah, me too. And I feel like The Toys That Made Us season one was a nearly a kind of like excellent show, nearly something really amazing. This kind of documentary series going about talking about like different like toys from the eighties. Like it'll do an entire forty minute episode on like He Man or GI Joe or all this kind of stuff. Really like fascinating stuff when you listen just like how these guys created these toys. But it had. It had a problem, and I felt like it was a kind of tonal thing, where I nearly feel like the show is scared that the viewer won't find the subject matter interesting, so they keep injecting this narrator into it to do these, like, funny stories and quips and make these jokes, and they're fucking awful. Well, how about that? Can you imagine if Luke Skywalker and Barbie had a kid? Like, shit like that. And it's really bad. And so my hope with season two was... That actually was pretty funny, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, But my hope with season two, they were going to pull back on that stuff. They have not. They have tripled down on that asshole. And it's nearly unwatchable. It's kind of weird that there seems to be more of them. Because I kind of presume that they've just shot all eight episodes beforehand. And Netflix kind of just split them up for the sake of it. Just their Netflix format. But, like, it is the worst thing about season one. It's the worst thing about this season as it's well. It's the worser thing about season two. It's, yeah, worser. It's the worstest. And it's just like, why? It's like, and sometimes it's so tonally off. Like, they'll be talking about a company sinking or a company, like, consuming another company. It was like, good thing they bought a button. It's like, ooh, tonally yeah, weird. It's, it, it's nearly like they're scared to dig into, like, the, the kind of... Because, hmm. like, like, I watched the episode on Sanrio... And, like, when you oh, yeah. study up on, like, Sanrio and why they became successful when it did, it's fucking dark. Like, Japan was a horrific place to be a young adult in the 80s, and Sanrio was, like, this just, like, 
pure escapist magic that people kind of flocked to. But they don't really go into any of that. It's just like, whoa, this cat's got no mouth. <laughs> it's true, she doesn't have a mouth. She doesn't. It's a real pity because it's actually really hard to get information on toys mm. in terms of like their manufacturing and years and dates. It's really hard. So I, it's a really cool resource. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of so fucked. interesting. Mm. Bad narrator. Bad narrator. And bad intro. Awful intro. Oh, with those two fucking like the the boy and the girl, and they're just tweening along to the shop. I always think about like when I see something really bad like that. What would I do if I was the producer, and I came back to the office and they said this is our intro? I think I'd like I'd sit everyone down in a circle and I'd be like, guys, like, what happens? Like, I I think it's so far past the point you could be angry. It's like something really fucked up happened here. And now this is our intro. There's so many people yeah. who could have stopped it, and yet it exists. That was definitely scheduled. Like, yeah. what's wrong, guys? Where's where's the pain? <laughs> toys. Toys. The toys that made us. <laughs> well. I have no money. <laughs> Wait, a vibrator? <laughs> yeah, there's a Hello Kitty vibrator. Just throw and like, uh, And they make sure to say it, like, what, two or three times? Yeah. Because, you know, the joke is really funny, so they're going to do it again. Because, you know, comedy works in uh, layers. Comedy gets funnier the more you repeat the joke. Did you guys, did we all watch the Funko Pop documentary? No, I'm not watching that. I got ten minutes in. And I want to finish watching it, because I have a a certain fascination with Funko Pops. Um, I sent it to John and Eve. I was like, guys, stop what you're doing. Like and John was like, "What? What? What's wrong?" And I was like, "There's a Funko Pop documentary on Netflix." And you didn't watch it. No, I'm not watching that. I, I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! What now? What now?" It's so bad. It's like the worst documentary. It's it's not a documentary. It's a big fucking hour and a half pat in the back by these Funko dudes. Like destroyed oh. the plastic toy market. There's like ten minutes of them being like, they and I just saw robots. these guys in shorts playing like. Wiffle ball, whatever the fuck what that is. is. Ball? I don't know. I don't know what wiffle ball is. It's so like ping pong for like a larger workspace. Ah. And they were just like, it was just, it was just talking about their lame dude bro culture instead of like anything interesting, which it is. They're in, there's interesting history there, but everyone involved was too interested in talking about themselves Here, that there was no history. I thought it was really weird when one guy was like, and I noticed this guy had like a car from the 50s. And so then I went and bought a car from the 50s. Yep. And I was like, wow, these guys are far away from my existence. Here at Funko Pop, workplace harassment is cool. <laughs> I, gu- I guarantee that's Pretty like much. the documentary. Or like, I- I'm sure in like a year or two that'll come out and, we'll- and everyone will be like, I always thought they were shit. There is a stage in it where they sell the Funko. The guy who originally did Funko kind of stuck it- stuck with mascots, particularly serial mascots. And they were all bo- bobbleheads. And he sold it before it kind of turned over into what it is now. So it was soulless then, but it's even more soulless now. I didn't hate the bobblehead stuff. No, because they were like, there was a bit of, like, there was art gone into it. I, there I was, was kind of like, oh, that's a little piece it. of Americana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, the bobbleheads like, yeah. are cool, but that's the problem. Like, they started getting licensing and then, like, just transporting it onto that one design. But they know that they've nothing really to say about it. So that that documentary then takes this turn where it's everyone like they'll get some minor celebrities being like I couldn't wait to get my Funko and then like 
a few excerpts from kids being like, I was bullied for being a nerd, but then Funko saved my life somehow. What the fuck? And it goes on for fucking 20 minutes and it's In so fairness, boring. If I, if I met a child who was into Funko Pops, I would bully him. <laughs> no. Uh, Neve, you told you would be the first. So we are just about to hit con season for the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your hopes and wishes for your Funko Pop this year? Or, or the summer season, what do you want to see as a Funko Pop? Uh, Itchy the Killer Funko Pop. Oh my god. That's such a good idea. That, yeah, that that will exist. Mm-hmm. I want <laughs> as a Funko Pop. Oh my god, Brian, what the fuck? No. <laughs> you can cut it out, don't worry. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Ooh, we're going to have to have a talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll do another one. Because uh, <laughs> I'll timestamp that. Give it Did a sec. Did you see the Doug Funny one? No, I'm just going to give it a sec. I want a John Funko Pop. That was good. God, I, <laughs> oh, I would be upset if that existed. Yeah. Well, what would it be? It would just be like just the be basic, a boy with brown yeah. hair. It'd be it, they. It, you know, it probably already exists. There's probably mm-hmm. already one. There's probably like a background character from fucking Monster that Hunter. show about the gay angel. Uh, <laughs> supernatural yeah supernatural um, they okay the only reason why he's in that show is because people kept shipping the brothers and they were like this is bad we need to introduce someone who's not related to Wincest. yeah it's a whole thing supernatural is alright you catch the right episode of that show it ain't half bad it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer with an angel who's gay it's fun Neve, what's your Funko Pop wish uh 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 it's really hard to come up with on the spot. Yeah. That's why you might end up saying something wrong and edit it out. <laughs> I'd like if they get into fine art figures just so they can hurt me more. Okay, how about like a Picasso piece? <laughs> Picasso one, but it's like put into the design. Nine S. <laughs> they like lower the eye. No! Oh! They probably will. Or how about like fucking Emil, but they give him the dots for the eyes? Oh my god. They could totally do that. Yeah, something that's a very specifically strong style. That Mona Lisa is a Funko Pop. <laughs> There's already like I like the Figma Vegeta lines. Funko Pops, and I look at them and I want to cry. Ugh. I'm like, how have we fallen so far? My There's friends? so few Tekken figures available, but Funko did a line. Did you ever read that old Tekken comic? What? No. There, there was a Tekken comic, and it ran for like six. <gasps> I know the cover of this. Super Buff Jin is on it. Everyone is either super buff or has tits coming out the ass. It's like super 90s comic or early 2000s where everyone's airbrushed to shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't read it. I just know what you're talking about. I, I used to own... I bet I still have the volume somewhere. But there's a bit where like Jin freaks out. just turned into a devil. And then Xiaoyu comes up and she's like, no, Jin. And then he turns back and he's like, I'm sorry, Xiaoyu. Oh my God. Yeah, it's awesome. Can we talk about Tomb Raider? Yeah, did you watch it? No, I'm what? sorry. You linked it to me. Yeah, I know, but I don't need that. Doesn't I, I think it was for you to watch? Um, I know you like her. She's so your girlfriend. If you go onto IMDb, this movie has a six out of ten rating, and that is like absolutely correct. Fuck yeah! Like <laughs> one, <laughs> like one hundred percent. I thought I detected outrage, but no, it's fine. This is the problem. I actually, there's parts of this I really like. Um, it's very good vanilla ice cream. Alyssa Vikander. Alicia. Vikander. I think her name is Alyssa or Alicia. Alicia, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, Alicia Vikander. She is an amazing. Who has won an Oscar? She's an amazing Lara Croft. 
She is so charming and charismatic and super gay looking and has major gay vibes and outfits, a lot of leather jackets. It was a good time. She is very good as Lara. She's really charming. And I kind of wish this movie was better for her. Um, it's a retelling of reboot story. So it's about like... Um, Sorry, has there been any Tomb Raider movies since the Angelina Jolie one? No. Okay. No. This is the first there's, one. There's been no 3D motion capture ones, which is kind of a shock if you think about mm-hmm. it. So this is like about Himiko, which is like... Here's the setup. Lara's dad has gone crazy because his wife has died. So he gets obsessed with the idea of life and death. And he's looking through artifacts because he's a billionaire philanthropist kind of dude and he's just has a load of time on his hands so he starts looking into antiquities and he finds the key to life and death is with a buried queen called Himiko he goes off to try and find Himiko's corpse with all his millions and leaves Lara alone he disappears for seven years and Lara has never let it go so she goes to find him everything up to the point that she gets to the island where she's looking for her dad is really really good everything after the point that she gets to the island is really really bad did you link and boring boxing match stuff or something that's literally the opening shot lara's in a boxing match with another girl and it's amazing and it really sets up her character the other girl gets lara in a headlock and lara needs to tap out everyone knows it the other girl is just way stronger than her and she won't for ages and she finally does and it's kind of like her tenacious like never give up attitude uh, that's all squandered like it just the story's bad the antagonist is bad the bad guy is a dude with a really weird receding hairline who's like always is you man. just see him and you're just like I can't wait for you to die because that's the only worth you have is to die that is your role <laughs> like you were introduced to be fodder and he does he dies she kills him personally um, kills him it goes through beats of the game where she kills her first first guy she kills and she goes From through her whole like, game. yeah okay. she goes through the whole like oh shit I killed someone and that was that worked really well but the, they took other moments out of the game there's a moment in the game where you parachute a whole, through a whole pile of trees and it's like a quick time event and you're getting like totally like just slaughtered by giant treetops that is in this done in really bad CGI sweet so you're like I, that's a weird scene to pull directly out of the game that wasn't fun to play but here it is <laughs> in a movie now um her secret necklace that her mom gives her is her necklace that she has in the reboot that you could get with the brady games manual which i thought was fun um it gets like the fun about tomb raider for me is it's a really normal straight laced game and then you get to the 80 percent mark and then it gets super weird and supernatural yeah just like an ancient oni demon. yeah Dude, shit gets weird, and Lara's like, oh, "Okay, I'm fine with this. I guess I'll shoot these two. Sure, <laughs> yeah, like fine, cool." Um, with this, it's like they keep commenting on the idea of supernatural, but the twist is maybe magic isn't a thing, and maybe there is no supernatural, and there it was just like something normal instead. Maybe the magic wasn't inside us all along, and it's just really boring. And <laughs> like I was like, "Oh, okay." And then there's a whole pile of like weird puzzles she has to get to to get to the final tomb because she's a Tomb Raider, obviously. Um, they're directly pulled out of a video game. Like they're just there's no real strong narrative. It seems like busy work in a game that you would do, like collecting things, but 
has no... The Silent Hill movies had a bit of that as well. Yeah. Where it was like, I have to solve this puzzle. But yeah. It felt very gamey. Um, and not in a good way, because it was, was a film. <laughs> and... I don't. I don't know. I. They set up the second film. They set up the story. The storyline for Rise of the Tomb Raider with Anna, um, her kind of stepmother, holder of her assets, kind of woman. Oh yeah, her. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's really good up to the fifty percent mark. Gets pretty boring afterwards. Cool. Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Have I convinced anyone? Absolutely not. If I might liked, watch the first yeah. five minutes. Dear, yeah. dear listener, what did you think? Like, Email us at askletsfightaboss at gmail.com. That's askletsfightaboss at gmail.com. Or tweet at us. Or Facebook. Don't Facebook us. No, don't Facebook us. Do we, we don't even have a Facebook, do we? We do. We it's do, there for, yeah. like, domain reasons. That's I wonder it. what the last thing we posted on it is. I, it's me. I, I sent a message saying we're not going to post here anymore. <laughs> Here's a photo of us from last summer. I watched Deadpool 1. Cool. Um, and there you have it. That was an interesting experience because, like, for the first maybe ten minutes of that film, I wanted to pull my skin off. I hated it so much. Like, it, it made me realize that I hate Deadpool. And it was just Ryan Reynolds, who I think is pretty good. Like, I, I like Ryan Reynolds, but like, it was so obnoxious and it was so awful. And then after that, it got dramatically better for the rest of the movie, and it was a fun time. Have you both of you seen Deadpool? Yeah. yeah. Megasonic good. teenage warhead. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like I, her? Yeah, she was cool. I really like Colossus. I like the bit yeah. where like Deadpool is like touching behind, and he grabs onto Colossus's crotch, and he goes, "Daddy." I thought that was like okay. That made me laugh. There, there is. I think a few too many lines in that where you could tell they kind of added it in post. And they really pissed me off because they just be kind of fill any blank space with a Deadpool line. And some of them were good and some of them were less good. But overall, I, I had a really fun time with it. I think they did like a really good job of making Deadpool like... By the end of the film, I liked Deadpool again. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, this is fun. They I, did a good job yeah. of like making him likable. And like the whole transition of Deadpool, I found, was really strong. Like how he went from what he was to what he is. I... I believed it. Yeah, know? like it, it, it's really good that it starts in the middle and it's not a fucking origin story with Uncle Ben dying and it that whole shit. It was really well structured. I thought, yeah. like, I was interested to see what was going to happen. But yeah, I'm kind of curious to see the second one now. There's a really, really good bit in the trailer of the second one where it's him recruiting a team uh, called X Force. Oh, I know X Force. Yeah, and they have Domino, but it's played by Vanessa from Atlanta, and her power is that she's lucky. But then there's another guy applying called... I think he's called Kevin. And he doesn't have a power. And Deadpool's like, cool, you're on the team. And it's just like an adult man. I like that. <laughs> like, And he doesn't have a power or anything. He's just with them and he's just like a regular person. Like, I've always wanted the next villain in JoJo's to be a guy with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Because, like, a gun would be a pretty strong stand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would have guessed your weakness was getting shot? <laughs> The uh, current villain has a car. That's about it. Yeah. Who would have guessed your your weakness was getting run over? <laughs> Protect Polnareff. He's weak to bullets. <laughs> and cars. <laughs> Not a gun. Not the chainsaw stand. Oh, so let's say we move into our strategy talk. Okay, so, listen... 
I don't know. I think it was you talking about Tropical Freeze a bunch, Brian. But I went back and I played nearly finished Donkey Kong Country for my for the SNES classic. Yeah. Um, which I also played last week for yeah. fun. Um, it's weird. I feel like that game gets a lot of shit because Miyamoto came out and was like, "I hate that game." Yeah, he doesn't like that game. He does not like that game. He says that the Donkey Kong Country games are proof that people don't need gameplay; they just need graphics. Yeah. And I think that is horseshit. That is the third best-selling uh, SNES game. Really? And technically, it would be the best-selling because the the best-selling are All Stars and Super Mario World, but they were pack-ins with the system. So if we're talking about like just like a game selling completely on its own, it's Donkey Kong Country. And you know, I think that game is fantastic. I do. Yeah. Uh, I think it's. I I play it. I'm completely engaged the entire time. I think I still think it looks cool. Yeah. Like I, I like that Rare were doing some weird shit by like making sprites out of 3D models and no one ever really did what they did and it still looks cool. Yeah. Music is fucking beautiful. I swear to god anytime Aquatic Ambience comes on like I'm just happy. That song just makes me happy. It, it, it the game is a technical achievement and it 100% holds up. But they also like Okay, I think like you know the stuff we were saying? Like, you know what a lot of platformers do where they take a mechanic and then they evolve it? It totally does that every single level. Not always in the most stylish way, not like in the most kind of finessed or clever way, but it's still cool. And I think it's only when you get to the end of the game where some of the cracks start showing because you start getting stuff like kind of... There's a lot of unmotivated platforms, like oil barrels just floating in the air that you have to jump on. Yeah. And uh, they kind of feel like ROM hacks, those levels. The game feels rushed towards the end. Like, you, you, you uh, can tell they're trying to hit their Christmas 93 deadline. Yeah. And that's the other thing I was saying about it. I think we were talking about this during the week, Brian. Um, like, that game makes me realize how fucking polished 2 and 3 are. Yeah, for sure. The one kind of gripe I have with the game is that the hitboxes on the characters and platforms is kind of ropey. Yeah. Because you know how, like, for example, Super Mario World is, like, a super solid pixel grid game where you can tell exactly what is a platform and what is, like, air beside the platform. And even a lot of the enemies feel designed for that. Like, Goombas look how they look so you know where their head is. Yeah. It's not the same in Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, because in Donkey Kong Country, it's more painterly, so it's very hard to tell if you're going to make a platform a lot. And so sometimes you you will land on the tip of a platform, but the hitbox doesn't count it, so you just fall to your death. Yeah, um, I've, I've had a bit of that. And apparently that's what Miyamoto didn't like about the game back back in 92 when it was developed. Because at the time he was trying to make uh, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island, and he was being pushed to do it in 3D because... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because the boardroom at Nintendo were super into the rendered stuff because they were like this is going to be the future of gaming and it, like it's true it was but he didn't want to go in that direction so that's why there's remnants of it in the opening cutscene but he still wanted to do like a pixel perfect game mm. um, but he just he, 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 he did reject the 3D style of the Donkey Kong games at the, at the time and he said that people would overlook the visuals it kills me that 2 and 3 aren't on that collection yeah for sure because especially 2 yeah, what collection is this? The SNES Mini. Ah. The SNES Mini, yeah, because uh, like it's got a lot of great games, but it, it it'd just be nice if it had all three Donkey Kong countries. If I was getting greedy, I'd also say I sure would love a Chrono Trigger and a Mystical Ninja on there. 
Yeah, instead of fucking super ghouls and ghosts or whatever that fucking thing is. I mean, I played a lot of that around Christmas. That sure doesn't hold up great, that game. No, it's a shit game. And it was shit when we played the arcade. Fuck that game. Fuck you for making that game, whoever you are. Brian, you're frightening me. I'm taking it out. Because he listens to the podcast. I know he does. He does, yeah, he totally does. Um, And why don't you tell him, Brian, about... You finished Tropical Freeze? Yeah. Again, great game. Game of the year. Do you play it? I'm playing it. Yeah, game of the year. This is what I don't get. When people try and sell Nintendo to non-Nintendo fans, and I'm not a Nintendo fan. <gasps> Shock. She's a fan fan. They fan. go f- full Zelda, full Mario. Start with Donkey Kong. Like, really? That game is so good. I'm it's having so much amazing. fun. Yeah. Like, I was, like, playing it, like, with, with Mario Odyssey, like, I was like, oh, God, Jesus, fuck. Oh, Tropical Freeze knocks the shit out of Mario Odyssey. Oh, completely. It's like, this game, like, I feel like my intelligence is being respected, you know what I mean? Like, you come up to something and you're like, oh, what do I do here? And you literally scan around the environment and you can tell, like, it's just, it keeps introducing new layers to everything. I'm, I'm only at the start of it, and it's because I keep refusing to move on from each level because I want to collect everything and I find it like I think it's fun how hidden things are like I actually find like I feel like I'm like when I find something I'm like oh I found that you know where with Mario Odyssey I was like I couldn't get out of a level fast enough it's such a it's such a fun game I love Donkey Kong I think he's cute and fun I love I love all the little Kongs I like that there's a narrative at the start. It's his birthday. He's having his banana and this dick comes around and just like sprays the entire island with ice. The snowmats. Yeah. Like there's this like cute little narrative. It's like it's really um it's really endearing. So I'm having a great time. Who's your favorite like buddy? I like I like is it Dixie Kong? Daisy Kong? Dixie Kong. Dixie Kong. I like that like extra little Yeah. Hop she I gets? I her when I was a child. Dixie That's Kong, weird. Dixie Kong is fucking... <laughs> okay, she is... And, like, this this, this, this has been voted a lot. She's the best Kong. Oh, mm. I think so. Uh, oh, but Funky. Funky's brilliant, but Funky's broken. Like, emotionally? No, like, gameplay-wise. Oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to get into some shit there. He is not emotionally broken. He is the most confident man Kong I've ever seen. But he, what's behind the shades, Brian? He's not behind anything. He's an openly gay monkey, and he's living his life. Yeah. It's, it's June. It's Funky Kong Month. Here we go. Happy Funky Kong Month, everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Cranky Kong because he's the original Donkey Kong from the arcade game. Uh, Diddy Kong sucks in that game. I usually like Diddy Kong, but he's just not good in that I game. I love Diddy Kong and Smash. Yeah. Okay, where does... Where does come on. Where's Candy Kong following all this? Candy Kong has retired to the 90s where she belonged. A beauty too pure for this earth. A, a a a fucking Minerva Mink looking monkey that was wearing a pink bathing suit and had a big hairy booby chest. Uh, okay. <laughs> Didn't you tell me that there's a lore specific ghost in this? Yeah, Wrinkly yeah, Kong. Wrinkly. Wrinkly Kong is pour one out. <laughs> okay, pour so, one out for the fallen. So so Cranky Kong, who's the old Kong with the grey white beard, he has a wife called Wrinkly, and in some games. She's in it, and she's like wearing like a tracksuit, and she's doing like aerobics in her cave. But then in later games, she's a ghost because she passed away. Yep. I keep calling Donkey Kong a monkey, and he's not a monkey. No, he's a Kong. Yeah. Wrinkly was alive in he's two and three. And three. When did she die? In sixty four. Oh shit! Because she 
has this role where that like if you go to a door before the level and, and they're called wrinkly doors <laughs> which is something i i, I i'm 100 percent because rare love their double entendres that's so funny what's wait what's the what's the entendre for john will tell you when you're a bit bigger what is it i can't think of what that would be I'm not saying it. Help a, help a guy out. Okay, it's something a woman has. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> is that true, Neve? I haven't seen these doors, but have you ever played the original Prey game? <laughs> the vagina doors. Yeah. Yeah, wrinkly doors. Like, yeah. it's like a wizard's sleeve. I mean, oh it's... my god, Brian! <laughs> what the fuck does that I'm even mean? I'm talking about Dumbledore. No, that makes sense. He's gay. It. It's yeah. me. He's retcon Neve, why are you so bothered by the female form? It's fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a vagina. It's just I a body know. part. Fuck Dumbledore. Yeah, fuck Dumbledore. <laughs> you but both don't, so weird. But don't fuck Donkey Kong, because that dude, he's not ready. But fuck Funky Kong, because that's because Funky Kong likes to fuck. It's a good game, Tropical Freeze. I'm Gets a- four <laughs> bosses out of four. Yeah. All, all four of us love it. I'm just going to beep out no the entire last section. Yes, yes, that's a good idea. I'm not time stamping this for edit later. <laughs> this is staying in. <laughs> Oh, I like Tropical Freeze a lot. It's like um, it's one of the best first-party games I've played on the Switch. Uh, absolutely, I'm so glad it's on Switch because now people can play it. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, um, Nev, you want to talk about God of War? I finished it. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, um, still good. Still liked it. I feel like I was way overpowered by the end of it. I was kind of walking through There battles. it is. There yeah. it is. The God of War police Perfect. are here. <laughs> Coming to rest me. That game came out weeks ago. Why are you still talking about it? Because I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I finished it. The last... Uh, I felt like I was... The fun, the fun at the start of the game with me is I felt it was a challenge. And by the end of it, it was not a challenge. I found the, the last boss didn't die once felt very easy I think it might be a problem with the boss fights in general that they're kind of a little they're not as powerful the enemies aren't as powerful as just standard kind of fights like I went and fought some of the Valkyries afterwards which are the one of the coolest designs in video games the Valkyries in God of War one of the best design in video games ever they look so cool so I went and fought them instead and that was really good Uh, the story kind of falls apart towards the end for me uh, Freya is involved a lot more and her motivations don't they I'm not buying it like I'm just not I'm not buying the tension I'm not buying the emotion it's trying to sell me between Balder and Freya and Kratos and Atreus the stuff I do like is the Atreus and Kratos stuff towards the end that was really good I like the little twist about Atreus and his true self or whatever the fuck um, I like that a lot and I'm really interested to see where this series goes because it's definitely going to go on like it sets it oh, up oh yeah in I, such I, a I, way. I think i heard some sales report on it and mm-hmm. it sold quite a lot here's my theory for it and let me throw this out there i might be completely wrong but let's come back to me in four years okay the next god of war is going to be set in egypt that's it that's okay. what i got okay so that's going to be neve 2022 and um, unfortunately i no longer will be with any of you but uh let her know on twitter what uh how you feel about that like like john's still alive it's just he's not alive mentally because he animated too hard and we had to re-home. oh i'm i'm cling, clinging by a thread he's been rehomed he's staring out that window going the g ta 
And that's what he says. He's the prince of fucking... He... Did you finish God of War, John? No. Uh, I don't know whether I'm going to. John, you have to. It's game of year. I... It's a good game. It is a good game. If someone was like... I think God of War is a good game in the same way that I go to a fancy carpenter shop and I'm like, that is a good table. But I just feel like it is not hitting me emotionally. You know? Like... We're going to talk about this later. And, like, I hate saying this, but, like... There was a point with Detroit Become Human where I was like, this game's stupid. Can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> in a way, that is more passionate than I have been with God of War. With God of War, I feel like, hmm, yes, interesting. Ah, this move will sure open up the combat system. Oh, I see what they did with Atreus and Kratos there. Very good. But there's never a point where I'm in you know there's never a point where like I'm buying the story I'm invested in the characters I'm just like yes some clever choices in this game very well designed looks very well I kind of agree with that I was 100% in the world never 100% in the narrative and it totally makes me go oh that's cool Mm. but it never makes me never makes me go like fuck wow Vegeta That's just what you say. There you go. Yeah, no joke. So here's my prediction for God of War 2022. Um, Goku is out plowing the fields, and then Kratos walks into shot, and he's like, can you tell me where Beerus is? Smash cut to opening. All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I played the Mario Tennis demo on the Switch. Did you guys play this over the weekend? I would have loved to. You would have, but you have no hands. I was going to, but then I was like... Uh, I played, I've been like, seeing a lot of people say it's like a tennis fighting game. It's 100% a fighting game. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm so excited for There this. is so much like fucking mental tactics that you're throwing down against your opponent. Like, okay, so like it's a back and forth tennis game, but you're building up a meter. But like, it's all about that fucking meter, and like, whoever gets that meter first can like fucking play the other one so hard. And it is kind of like third strike, where you're doing a lot of parrying and counter technique to like outsmart your opponent. Um, but like, then it's like a fighting game in that like you're gonna have to that like there's that 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 there's a player kind of gap where. You, you, I can play the game, but then if you want to play online, you have to be good. Because mm. I was playing against CPUs and it was going fine. But then I tried online and it was like, oh shit, people have like figured out how to break the game. Right. But, like, break the game fairly. Okay. Cause, cause, be good at it. Yeah. But, like, they're doing shit where it's like, oh, I didn't know you could, like, do those two things at the same time and lead into that move. Like, they're, like, it's like a fighting game. They're, they're doing these weird combos. And using stylish moves to build up that meter. Like, it, it, it's 100% a fighting game. Just vertical. So, like, when I think about fighting games, my, my thing with fighting games is always, like, well, any good fighting game to me, it should feel like a different game when you pick a different character. How distinct are the characters in this? Um, they're about as distinct as, like... Well, like, they're slightly more distinct as the characters in Mario Kart. So, like, you are picking a character with a strategy in mind, but, like, it's not like they're all independently... You're not going from Ryu to Q. No. But they do have cool finishers. Um, And there's a full-blown story mode in this. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably get this game at the end of June, because it's out in a couple weeks. 
Yeah, I'm I'm definitely picking it up. I'm I'm like legit excited for this. Really? Is yeah. Mario Tennis like a big deal? There's a group of people at work and we're all gonna get into it. Um it's like it there has been amazing Mario Tennis games and there's mm-hmm. been okay ones, but this one it just really looks like it has a lot of personality. Like Luigi finds a ghost tennis racket and turns everyone into ghosts. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Peach probably has a nice outfit. I like that you can play as one of those little dog chain monsters. Chain he, chomp. He yeah. carries the tennis racket. That's in his pretty cute. Mouth. Yeah, that's so good. You, you, you can also play as Kamek, I think, which is great. Wow, really? Because Kamek was meant to be in Mario Kart 64, and he was in the beta, but then they got rid of him and swapped him out with Koopa Troopa. What the hell is a Kamek? Kamek is a magic Koopa. He's a Koopa born with magical abilities, and so he gets risen up the social order of Bowser's minions. And he wears a blue robe and a sorcerer's Wait, hat Brian. and flies a broomstick. Oh. Is Kamek a race or a person? Kamek is the name of a magic Koopa. Okay. Like, he, he, he's like one of the more like notable magic Koopas. So you couldn't say, like, oh, let's, let's go grab a few beers, maybe we'll call Kamek. No, I think you could. So you Kamek's could. the guy, not the... So he's a character, not yeah. a race. Yeah. The race is magic Koopa. So the race is Magic Koopa, and Kamek is an especially assholeish Magic Koopa. Is there many Magic Koopa? Uh, there's a few, but they're on name. But Kamek is pretty well known because he was Baby Bowser's minder in the in the timeline. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. I want I want a Dry Bones character. I want. I think Dry Bones is in it. I mean, in the mar- fictional Mario universe, I want a narrative Dry Bones character. So you want Dusty the Dry Bones to be like a thing? Yeah. Okay. I want Vegeta the Dry Bones. Look, I'm sorry, I just... I've been thinking about it a lot. That's I've also been thinking a lot about Third Strike, because Street Fighter anniversary, 30th Anniversary Collection came out. And? And... I'm going to blow some people's minds here. Street Fighter 3 Third Strike is a very good fighting game. Does uh, this have the thing where like you're in, in, you're, you're in the main menu and the guy's rapping? No, it doesn't have... Okay. Select so, your player to oh, make the right so move. So good, and then you pick someone and he's like, "Yeah, that makes sense." And it's like, "Yeah, it does." Does he ever say it doesn't make sense? No. Oh. Oh man, that'd be so good. Oh, what okay. are you doing? <laughs> but um, sure. So Street Fighter Anniversary Collection came out, and this is weird. There's a, there's so much right with this collection. I fucking love it. It's got like. 10 Street I don't even know how many Street Fighter games in it, but it has like Alpha 2, Alpha 3, I think it has Alpha, I'm not sure. But it has the three versions of Third Strike as well, and a bunch of versions of 2, or three versions of Street Fighter 3. And it's really extensive. The only thing is, they're all arcade ports, not ports of like more fleshed out console versions. So a few of them like some of them have training modes, but not that many, and then like they don't have challenge modes, and they don't have story modes or anything like that, which is a bit of a bummer. But um, it has one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and that it has an inbuilt sprite viewer. So you go into the third strike, you pick character, you go to their special move, and you can go frame by frame through their special moves. And like, you've seen the animation on third strike, Brian. Yep. Fucking beautiful, and like, this is the kind of animation where you're looking at the in-betweens and you're like, what the shit are they doing? Like, this is madness that anyone would draw like this. And it's so, so cool. The only thing... And they've included, specifically, Street Fighter 3 with, like, online options. And it's Third Strike, which is the best version of Street Fighter 3. And this is... This is a top five 
game for me ever. This is the best fighting game anyone has ever made. I wouldn't, absolutely would not entertain that there is a better fighting game than Third Strike. I just don't believe it. And it's like everything. It's like soundtrack, it's art design, it's like the character selection. They're so fucking cool. And um, specifically like with parries, and like what I love about parries is, parries is a thing where if you tap forward, you will do a very quick instant block that you will near instantly recover from, make, meaning that you can counter nearly anything. And it gives it this incredible level of depth because you can parry anything and therefore you have a counter to anything. So even if you get put in a bad situation, you always have options if you are brave enough to try and parry. But you have to tap forward, not back, so it's scary. But anyway, the problem though is the net code for this isn't great. And usually Capcom games, I thought they had that figured out. Yeah, me too. And it's way worse than the third than the third strike on um, the Xbox 360, the HD the HD collection. Is there lobbies for every game? Can you play every game online? You can. D- no, it's like Street Fighter Three, Street Fighter Two Turbo, uh, I think Street Fighter Champions Edition, and Third Strike. So like. To be honest, like I've seen people say they'd rather Street Fighter Alpha 2 than Alpha 3, but Ormika's not Alpha 3, so what the fuck are you talking about? But a lot of the matches I've had have been quite slow. I'd say nearly half the matches have been very slow. And Third Strike is so good, I don't even mind, because I just feel like that game is so tactical that it, it just feels like a turn-based fight, you know? But it's a, it's been a bummer, and one of the biggest bummers was I was meant to finally have my first 10 with Pat from The Best Friends. Uh, I got really, really fucking drunk at an industry party at MAGFest, and I talked a lot of shit to Pat and Wooly about how I was going to destroy them in Third Strike. And Wooly is a very nice, calm guy, and he just kind of let it go, but Pat got... He got very into the idea of me and him playing Third Strike. And we're meant to play one night, but I was there with Robex, that's Brian's girlfriend, Rebecca, and we got into a very heated Dance Dance Revolution contest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Which I did win. You did, but I will yeah, keep going. And I did not end up fighting Pat. But then on the, his podcast last week, he made a very big announcement about how me and him are going to have first 10 and boy I'm pretty nervous because I don't play games on stream but um, it was really disappointing because I was actually really looking forward to fighting him and the lobby just didn't work it would not let us in a match it kept resetting to zero like it would be it would do a countdown for like ready and it would just reset every time it hit zero and it was infuriating like it was so frustrating that sucks especially when you're so amped up to do something i was i'm like i was very nervous but then i was like but then like like i'm fucking i won a ton of matches and i was like that's fine i can i can totally beat this guy but now it's yeah it just it we had to like cancel the stream and announce it on twitter and it was really disappointing but um yeah, so there's a lot of cool stuff about this collection. Really wish they'd done the legwork for the online stuff because it's not there. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe this came out. I thought it was going to come out in a couple more weeks. Mm-hmm. But it just sort of came out under the radar and rushed Yeah, at the last minute. It's disappointing. It really yeah. is. I've seen nothing about this. Yeah, that's that, that, that's the thing. And I, I thought this would be like, you know, nostalgia hype. Yeah, like not one article has just come 
across me. I think it's the kind of thing where the people who are gonna buy it are gonna buy it. Mm. Like, what would it take to... T I don't think any amount of marketing could make either of you buy a Street Fighter anniversary I connection. know, get like someone to do a really cool animated intro a la Sonic Mania. Sure, okay, yeah, like, totally. Like, market it, maybe, you know? People are stupid with money. <laughs> it's 40 euro as well. Yeah, like, that's it. Like, do that. Do a collector's edition. Do a really cool animated intro. Or do, like, an art book. Yeah, throw in an art book. That's people who are in it because Third Strike is gorgeous. You say it yourself. People would want to see even for the character viewer, the pixel viewer, totally. just to kind of experience the design of it. Yeah. Kind of a missed opportunity. Capcom and Street Fighter, I... Like... I love... And I love this collection. I'm getting a lot of play out of it. I'm really excited to play it. And I love Five, but I just feel like... Oh, they... They have not been doing right by Street Fighter, and it's it's disappointing. Mm. Although they did announce Cody, who's coming out, and they had a live action trailer, and he was played by Kenny Omega. That was very cool. Kenny Omega, Eve. No, I get I get it. That sounds cool. Yeah. Again, didn't see it. <laughs> okay. I need uh, to loot drop that. John beat Rebecca in DDR. No, Brian. Please, please. No, Brian. No. Uh, my girlfriend no. Rebecca is under five feet. No, Brian, Brian, <laughs> Brian, 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 please. I'll literally anything you want. Anything you want. Why? Literally anything. But you Let's won. just say that John won in one thing, but Rebecca won in another thing. Okay, moving on. We played Detroit Become Human. I need to go to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Okay, so I played Detroit. The I'm going game to give of the year. a very quick spoiler-free discussion on this, and then I think we're just going to get into it, and we're going to we're going to go nuts with spoilers. Yay! There are great things about Detroit. There are ideas in there that I don't think you see in other games. There is like the structure of this game; its focus on it, its focus on the narrative it has and like the way it implements certain mechanics and the ambition of it are impressive. It is a very good looking game. But a lot of that is what makes the rest of it so frustrating, both from a design perspective and the story. I feel like there are so few points in this game that it really comes together in the way I think David Cage wants it to. And I feel like the biggest problem is that David Cage sacrifices what does happen for what could happen. And it means that rather than telling a coherent narrative, he gets caught up in this whole, it's your choice, you know, your actions have consequences and th stuff. And like, for me, that frequently went nowhere. One of my favorite things about this game was the relationship between the detective and the android. Yeah. I thought that was genuinely cool. In fact, I would have liked a whole game out of that. 100%. Kara, outside the first maybe two hours of her story, useless. Just like... Her plot has no significance to anything else. Yeah. But then the game ended up being about this big android revolution. Led by Marcus. Led by Marcus. And I'm guessing maybe there's a way, we won't get too spoilery yet, but maybe there's a way Connor and Marcus are meant to square off. That did not happen for me. Connor basically 
like the last cutscene for me was basically one of the characters shrugging his shoulders looking at the camera and walking away wow <laughs> yeah that's an issue um i'm glad i played this game me too this game made me sad because me too it had that it had that david cageness and there is so many interesting questions and ideas it has. I think David Cage is genuinely amazing at both setting up a concept and a scenario. Like, he he says, oh, this is what this is about. And it's like, oh, cool, that's really interesting. And I'm like, okay, we have these two characters and they're here and this is going to happen. And you're like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. But his ability to execute on either is so poor. Like... It feels like every narrative solution he comes to is the first thing. It's like, there's never revisions, there's never nuance, there's never thought, and it kind of sucks, and I can't get any more specific than that without spoilers, so I think we should maybe maybe mark a spoiler section here. It'll be in the description. Uh, from here on in, we're talking about uh, spoilers about Detroit, and if you want to skip to the timestamp, we'll be done. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Who wants to spoil Detroit? There's three characters. How many survived by the end of your games? Three. One. One. Really? Oh, the main characters. Yeah. All three of your characters All survived? All three of my... Yeah. And there was no face-off with Connor and Marcus? No. Well, there was. And Connor dies, and then he comes back. That's insane. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I want to know what your endings were. Yeah, I, I do think it's super interesting that mm. we've all played this game in our own way. Okay, for me, my ending was Kara died two hours into the game. So she doesn't matter. You missed like, like, on like literally five hours of gameplay. Yeah, and some of the you, most interesting stuff. You told me that there stuff. was like two hours left and there was so much more of that because most of it was Kara. Mm. Yeah, and it seems like it has nothing to do with the rest of the game either There's... did you get to the mansion with the like spooky dude nope. and Luther didn't get to any of that I missed all of that oh, you would love Luther Brian yeah it's I I really thought I I, 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 I like sometimes when I play these games I do a thing where I don't hit the buttons because mm. I want to see what happens during the quick time events if you don't hit the buttons and the game outsmarted me and was like well she died she got hit by a car and she died so when you were crossing the road yeah. that's the sequence where you lost her yeah so for wow. Connor, I kept doing it, and Connor died eight times in my game. What? I don't even know where that could happen. Yeah. He dies He dies at the end of every Connor chapter, and then the manufacturers send in a new Connor. And so at the very end, like for me, I was definitely playing like a Marcus-centric game, where like at the very end, like Marcus is doing the rise up, and he fights Connor three times and kills him each time as he's rising up. They met once for me. They met like so many times from now, for me. That's cool. Like, yeah, I think that's genuinely cool. But man, okay. But I think with the themes he's trying to play with, the fact that there is no kind of hard line on anything makes it so nearly disrespectful. Like, you know, like with the whole idea of like taking the language of civil rights and putting it on the androids as a story. Yeah. It's just some of it's really weird. Like North, a girl called North can be your love interest in this. She just wants you to fucking kill everyone at any moment. Yes, guys, she, she I, does. I, I tried really hard to sleep with North. You can't. Um, I, I tried so hard not to with her, mm -hmm. and she kept coming on to me, and I made sure to let her die when the time was ready. I kept her alive until the point where they all died, which I'll get to. But, like, I knew she was going to become my lover. 
that's what the, it changes the status changes to lover uh, she comes out and talks to you on a balcony and Marcus is kind of like sitting out there looking out into the snow and yeah. she's giving you an opening to talk to her I did the brine method of literally not touching the remote so Marcus just goes I have to go and walks off screen and yeah. North is literally left there going oh. <laughs> it was so good did, did, did you guys role play each of the characters a certain way yeah yeah I think the characters were, for me, written very specifically of how they wanted you to play them. I felt like with Connor, you had some options. Mm. With Marcus, a little bit, because you can kind of choose to be pacifist or but angry. It's, but there's nothing in the world that's either black or white. So Marcus, to me, was very... My Marcus was really bi- bipolar. So sometimes I felt it like, yeah, this is where you should probably use kind of like force to kind of get a point across and then other times where I didn't it kind of he didn't seem like a good leader he was super flip-floppy with no real morals of his own well I kind of had that problem with Marcus in general but I also felt like the actor was bad that was a bad actor yeah he's the one I did not connect to yeah like for someone who's meant okay so if you haven't played Detroit basically three characters Kara who's the girl Connor, who's the detective, and Marcus, who's like the robot who turns into a revolutionary leader. They're all robots. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess their stories are meant to overlap in interesting ways. Connor's and Marcus kind of vaguely do. Yeah, they do. Because, like, Connor is. Um, He's a droid hunter yeah. as well. He's a droid hunter. He's investigating all the dro- the androids who have gone deviant, so who have basically gained like self awareness. I want independence and mm-hmm. will use any force necessary. So that's how like Connor and Marcus are connected. <laughs> the only way Kara is connected is that she is an android and she has become deviant. And she's protecting a child. And she yeah. And she's and trying like, to get to the Canadian border. There was a bit that made me laugh out loud, and it was with Luther, and Luther in my game at least barely in is alice the little girl yeah yeah barely interacted with alice the entire game but then right at the end he kneels down next to her and goes alice you're the most amazing person i've ever met (laughs) i really do think that there's bits in this like like this game has like gaps in it where like you see the hypocritical dialogue come up where you're like wait why are you saying that when in the previous chapter you did this action Mm. and it's because it's a choose your own adventure but some of the stuff just like contradicts itself. Totally. So, okay. My favorite thing about this game was the relationship between the human detective and Connor. Hank. Hank. Yes. Lieutenant so Hank. Yeah. You're this like buddy cop duo for the entire thing. And there was one scene in particular and it was, you're, you find Hank, you're, you're meant to go like get Hank and you find him drunk in his house and you meet his dog and you have to throw him in the shower. That whole 40 minute sequence just worked for me. I liked it. I liked their relationship. I liked Hank. I liked Connor. I liked every bit of that sequence. And I was genuinely just like, this is cool. Like, I'm I'm in this, you yeah. know? But the way... And I think it was very different from you, Nate, from what you were saying. But the way the relationship played out between Hank and Connor for me was so... Like, without any logic or reason. In one scene, Hank shot me. What? Then yeah, in yeah, the ne- same. Then in the next scene, he's like, I had the choice to shoot a robot. And he was like, you did the right thing by not shooting that robot. 
Oh, okay. So, so for me, I shot the robot and he was like, why would you do that? That's an awful thing to do. I would never do that. And it's like, yesterday you did it to me, you fucker. Yeah. Okay. I was super invested in the relationship. So I was like, I'm going to get Hank to be my bestie. And I did that. Like me and him got the partner, like I unlocked the partners trophy where it's like your friendos up until the end kind of thing. He never shot me. And there was this really gradual thing of him kind of looking at, he was observing me. I always felt Hank was watching Connor. And was kind of like, huh. And that makes way more sense if you don't shoot and he never shoots you because that's insane. I think this marks the difference in mine and Neve's charisma because I was trying to make him like me, but he just hated me. For me with Connor, I just played him as like this fucking killing machine who was incompetent. Oh my God, but he's so cute. How can you play him as a killer? Uh, He's he's a fucking murderer. He's just a baby. I, I was shocked by how much Connor, Hank fan art i've seen yeah. oh my god it's i like so much of it i'm For, sorry if yeah. i'm putting that all over your timeline I don't, uh, it's not you oh wow fucking cool yeah <laughs> for my playthrough that hank killed himself at the end whoa okay he didn't do that for me yeah. no. so like it's you visiting him oh shit he did do that for me yeah yeah, yeah. so so it's you visiting him and then you walk here from his house and you hear a gunshot and connor just keeps walking you're <gasps> like why oh my god no we talked about his suicidal tendencies and then at the end when you go to wake up the factory full of robots he gets pushed out by another connor and like you have a face-off with two connors and hank has to pick which one is the real you whoa that sounds okay here's the thing that's cool yeah and this is cool like i'm impressed that it like factory full of robots i didn't even go there really um connor meets marcus and connor's like i have a plan there's a factory full of us. I can uh, wake us all up and then there'll be thousands of us to march. And you literally go into the iRobot factory where there's like like stormtrooper size like room full and full of like these I other androids. I go near that. That's nuts. And then fake Connor comes and he's downloaded all my memories. So he's just like, I know all this stuff about your dog and your son too. And like, it's like, I know I'm the real Connor kind of thing. And Hank has to make the decision to shoot one of you. And he picks the right one. And like, like you, he can die there as well. He can take a bullet for you. But my my, my Hank made it true. But like that's that's you see, this would be good if that game was enjoyable enough to play that you wanted to play it more than once. Yeah, yeah and see, it's, like, it's, it's I really weird, did want to like, replay the, the game. The interesting stuff about the game is genuinely interesting. Like that's really fucking cool. Like it's, I'm it, really shocked to hear that. It, yeah, but none of it changes the fact that I did not enjoy myself. It's super monotonous yeah. to play. Like it's oh, just so chores boring. and busy work. Yeah. Especially the last few hours, it's so much... There's a lot of slow talking and slow moving to a character, pressing something, slow moving again and pressing something and like, else. The thing is, like the monotony stuff, I'm actually kind of okay with. Like I'll, I'll bring it back to the scene where you find Hank drunk in his house. I liked every bit of that. This was like in the chapel where you have to go talk to everyone that, forlornly. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. so boring. Yeah. There, are, there, are, there, are, there are some bits that we all experience. So like... There are, there are bits that we all get to do, like the fucking robot sex club bit. Yeah. Yeah. Did we all enjoy that? No. I felt it was really weird that I had to wrestle with two robot strippers. I just, you it know, was, that's just something that happens. It was the, it was like, I was like, I wonder when this gauge will get David Cagey, because nothing super rapey had happened at this stage. Oh, don't worry. I know. And then you get like, I was like, oh, great. The Android sex club. I guess this will be an interesting comment on, I don't know, sex dolls or like whatever. And then it's not, it's just not. It's like I literally suplexed a woman in her underwear. 
So he changes it up. Usually in David Cage game, you play a quick time event where you're trying to get away from a guy trying to suplex you. In this, you play the quick time event as the guy who wants to suplex the woman. And there's two women. You switch gears. Yeah, it's like it's totally different and not the same weird fetish he puts in everything. Yeah. Um, and then, then there's another scene later on where it's Kara in the house. Like, Oh, yeah. That was kind of weird as well. That you didn't get the mansion. No. Oh, uh, I wish I wish you had seen the mansion, mm-hmm. Brian. You should watch it. Let's play that bit. I think just, you'd get a kick out of it. It was kind of faux Resident Evil. Yeah. And there's a lot of like androids that have like they're like Sid's toys from Toy Story. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Except it's kind of comical. way less memorable. <laughs> yeah. When they kind of there's a scene where they all come out of the end and his creations are meant to kill this destroyer, but they look silly. Like I didn't feel bad for any of them. I was just it's like, the zo- Ew. It's, it's the zombie problem where I was like, I'd kick the shit out of those things. Yeah, like I wouldn't care if the house blew up. Like I felt like in Sid and Toy Story, they make you feel empathy for the weird spider head baby thing. Like He's you're brilliant. like, yeah, you love that character. In this, you're like, I don't give a crap about any of these freaks. <laughs> like let's get the fuck out of here, Luther. So, did Luther just turn good for you? Yes, but I saw it coming. Because for me, like, he was meant to kill me, mm-hmm. and he just goes, no, this is wrong. I am a good guy now. Ah, okay. Like, and, like, I'm not exaggerating. That's mm. what happened. There you have it. I had a scene beforehand where Luther purposely let me go. Oh. Nope. Okay. Uh, did you guys get to do the bit where you go to the, to, to the apartment with all the pigeons? Yes. yes. And there's a guy called Rupert, and you have to chase him across the roofs. Yeah. yeah. And then you kind of solve clues that way. Yeah. About the, about 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 the deviants and them becoming awake. Um. At the end, you get to choose between catching the guy and like picking Hank up because he's gonna fall off the roof. Yeah. I, I, I got I, Hank, so no. I didn't catch the guy. Okay. I caught the guy. <gasps> so this is why Hank doesn't like you. This is why Hank liked me. So yeah. so for me during that bit, I chase him across the roof and I decide to put the controller down. God damn it, bro! And Connor just falls, <laughs> and then Hank goes, oh, he got away. <laughs> and that's that. Hank got so mad at me, I felt really bad. Oh man, I saved Hank, and he was very nice about it. I think I would have a better impression of this game if I had like done the Hank stuff. Even mm. though I tried, I'm just bad. People. But how do you know what's important in this game? Because some stuff uh, is garbage, there was, there and some was stuff so is much not. Stuff where I was like, okay, I want Hank to like me. I'm gonna do this, and then he'd just be like, "What the fuck?" And so it was so frustrating because the way the chapters are built. At the end of every chapter, I felt like I had made progress with Hank. At the start of the next chapter, I I was just reset back to zero. And it was really frustrating, because I think I would have actually enjoyed that part of the game. It's hard to know. Like, you're really, like, taking yeah, shots like you, you, in the you, dark. You, 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 you do need to do a walkthrough if you want to optimize. I knew what to do, game. because I was 100% in ship mode. And I was just like, if this was a fan fiction, how would this play out? And that's how he likes you. Okay. Yeah, that, you like you want moments of tension him. just to yeah. kind of build up the drama, but then there's a release. Mm-hmm. Okay. Frank wants to hear you be like, I don't know, am I really an android or have I feelings? That's all he wanted to hear at all times. It was once you kind of figured him out, it was kind of obvious. But like that's with a lot of the writing, you could really, you could steer that game in a lot of ways you wanted it to go. Yeah. How did Marcus die for you? He didn't. He, he just like he stood in front of everyone and he was like. We did it. And then a hard cuts to the president of America and she's like, Detroit belongs to them. Oh my god. I like how that president of America was definitely not a native English speaker. <laughs> yeah. My uh, story with Marcus got really freaking weird. 
So at the you know the TV station where he gives his demands, he like <laughs> I don't know what I pressed, but he was like, "I want my own ethno state for all the androids," and I was like, oh, "No, oh my god!" <laughs> I was like, "That's so fucked up." Um, so public opinion was super low on the androids, and at the end, I had two choices: either to set Marcus on fire in front of everyone. Oh no, <laughs> David! No, don't. Or oh. to sing a song. So I picked the option where we all sang a song. So it's me and all the androids. I've kept all his crew alive at this stage. So North and whatever the two other guys' names are, and they start yeah, whatever the fuck they <laughs> whoever are. they are, whatever. I, I made sure to made sure they all died. Marcus was a fucking backstabber. But like they start singing, like we're gonna stop. Like everyone's gonna see our humanity through song, and they keep singing this kind of kind of low key gospel song. I don't know if it's an original or if it's from I'm something. I'm pretty sure that's actually a slave song. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I can't confirm that, but I heard that that was the case. They start singing it. There's a pause. They just open fire and kill them all. And they're all dead in that moment. And I was like, I guess the song didn't work. Okay, so for me, <laughs> I made out with North in that moment. What? Sweet. <laughs> what? Dude, you got your prize. Oh my god. But they still opened fire and I died. But then the news report is like, these two robots kissed? And so... Are they human? Apparently, like, the very, very good ending is that, like, Marcus is doing a speech and he's like, we did it, everyone, and we did it peacefully. And Connor's in the crowd and he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm awake too. Okay, so here's what happened with me and Connor, okay? So, Connor and Marcus met once on the ship, on Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> Jericho, the uh, big old boat. Th- I got a prompt to mash X, and so I mashed X, and Con- Connor died. Really? Yeah, Marcus just picked up a gun and shot him. <gasps> yeah. And I was like, okay. There's a bit in that Connor, Jericho, Marcus bit where you're, like, fighting against yourself. That's the bit. Where you're just, like... You're, I'll make the character say this and then I guess he'll say this in response and I was like it was such a um, weird moment because I was like why the game has so little interest in like having a fulfilling narrative that it's like uh, I guess you fight it out with yourself and I was like trying to role play each character but then I was like which do I care about more because I know something's gonna happen to them at the end of this so it ended up completely neutral and they both got away but like I thought that was probably the worst bit of game design ever because I was just fighting myself. Mm-hmm. What is that? But anyway, so that ha- so I, I make out with North and just get shot the fuck up, okay? And there was this whole scenario where Connor, at this point, Hank was dead and Connor had just become obsessed with killing Marcus, and so he like tries to line up a sniper shot and then like, oh yeah, fucking Connor on the roof. Yeah, and then a bunch of humans get in the way yeah and so he beats them up and so then anyway he there it's down in the android like revolution or whatever and everyone's dead like mark's dead north's dead everyone's dead and connor just walks out among all the dead bodies and he looks around and he just looks at marcus and then he just goes mission accomplished <gasps> okay That's it. so connor his entire narrative his entire arc his entire storyline meant nothing for the entire game like he he i might as well just not have played as him in terms of the grander narrative of what happens for me i just kept killing connor until they stopped sending him out like they stopped mass producing him because they were like just a flawed robot i'm not gonna do it anymore (laughs) 
And Marcus got what he wanted through, like, really, really awful means. Okay, for what me... What happened to Marcus, Brian? Sorry. Yeah, what happened to Marcus? He, he's, he's the leader of Detroit. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. That's so weird. So, with me, when everyone died during that shooting, that's when Connor is at the plant trying to change all the thousands of androids, because he's been changed now, and he's part of the Jericho with Marcus. So he's like, okay, we're going to march with these other group of androids. So I'm up on the stage, and it's just like, Marcus is dead. You're the leader now, Connor. Then Connor closes his eyes and he goes into the realm with Amanda. And Amanda's just like, didn't you know? We knew this would happen. We knew you would be in charge of the android revolution and that we've control over you. And Connor's like, no, I'm a deviant now. So you as Connor have to make your way through a blizzard to find a blue box in the kind of Amanda zone. And because like the guy, you meet the creator of the androids and he's like, I always make a back door for my androids. Yeah. It's the back door. You find that and you go, you click on that. But before that, Amanda was like, we control you. And I had two options to give in to her or to commit suicide. So I click commit suicide. I go through the area where I find the blue thing. And I was like, oh, cool. I've become self-aware. I don't need to kill myself. It goes back into the place with Connor and he shoots himself in the head. I was like, why would he still kill himself if I've become self-aware? He was going to kill himself as an option to her having control. So I got control back enough to kill myself. But if I got control back, I wouldn't need to kill myself. It was just weird. So then it ended with both Connor and Marcus dead and Cara in Canada. <laughs> and she was kind of let in just because Canada and Canadian like, security was kind of lax. Yeah, that happened <laughs> to me as well. There was a bit where it's like I had a choice to go to like a warehouse or just straight to the border. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll just go straight to the border. And then the guy was like, well, nothing seems a problem here. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> did you uh, not get the bit where you have to steal the tickets from the family? I did. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That was that was fun. Yeah. Like that was one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's a fun scenario. Also, and like they're not androids. I'm not. They're not gonna die. So like, whatever. You, you got the twist about Alice and how she's an android. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how can I am confused about the economics of this world where like out of work drug addicts can afford two androids? One that looks like mm-hmm. a child. Why is that? That's awful. I presume it's for like the idea is that it was for grieving families or for ki- families that couldn't have kids, but so then they're like in AI, a state yeah. of adolescence forever. Yeah, it's fucked up. But what's weird to me is what I really hated about it is like Marcus changes his outfit and he was just like, oh, I better put up my collar and stuff so people don't know I'm an android. These are mass produced, their faces are out there. You can't just chip off your little blow bluey circle thing and be like i'm a human now it's like this is this is a product you've seen this face everywhere you can't just yeah. pretend that, that they can like, blend in yeah yeah because 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 there, there is a bit where you go to the sex club and you you, you realize that there's only like four or five mm. robots and they're just copy pasted you are you are just like yeah, okay yeah they're mass produced there you i go. did like that there was boy robots in the sex club i was like oh I like that, but then the boy robots weren't doing a sexy dance. The no. girl dan- the robots were like up on poles, and the boy robot was just standing there, kind of shuffling. And I was just like, "That's yeah, a sexy cool. boy dance, Neve." <laughs> Have you seen works. Magic Mike? There's uh, that's how you track mates. A man, a man can dance, John. Mm-hmm. A man can dance. Oh, so yeah, Detroit. Um, I think if you want to watch something that is a case study, a recent like kind of piece of media that is about racial segregation maybe watch the 2017 film Detroit that actually tackles the subject properly I wouldn't even like 
The fact that this even goes there and tries to use the language of these things is so insulting because it doesn't say anything. Yeah, like, uh, to the point that I'm like, it barely goes there. Like, the most surface level, like... And really, that like it's at your discretion because you may or may not get that subtext. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's because uh, it's a optional game. Yeah, it's so weird when they were marching through the streets and I could choose the option of being like, "We want equality" or like, "Set the slaves free." I was like, "I'm not pressing either of those. I'm just gonna stick to the android specific ones because this is creepy." It's like it felt so weird. It's just like don't don't lift language from something if you're not gonna say anything. Mm. And I feel like even the central premise of the game, like Detroit become human, mm-hmm. the actual becoming human part, like it wasn't well developed at all. I thought, like I thought someone might have well have just flipped a switch in those robots for all the nuance. Because you literally mash X, and then all of a sudden you're a normal person. Like there's no in between. Connor maybe had a bit yeah. of an in-between but as for it takes connor the arc of the game yeah but as for like marcus and cara like <sighs> happens within the first few hours all i wanted all i wanted was at some point for marcus to look straight into the camera and go i will detroit become human what like he actually says i will become human but he shoves the word detroit yes okay okay before we end this there's one thing there's two things that really annoyed me that i need to say Go for it. Okay. When you first place Kyra at the start, this is when I knew it was bullshit. She is holding two bags of rubbish and she's going to the front door to put them outside. And I thought to myself, how will she get the handle with two bags of rubbish? I guess she'll kick it open. It doesn't. The bag pops out of her hand. She opens the door, walks through the door and the bag pops in her hand again. It happens again when she needs to open up the bin lid. It pops out of her hand, puts one bag in the bin, the other one disappears. Why give her two bags of rubbish if you can't deal with it just don't do it don't do it yeah because they were probably storyboarding that and they were like because because that is a problem when you're boarding and the trick is they just put it in an invisible pocket behind their back mm-hmm. but yeah no they could have just given her the one rubbish bag uh for me or well actually you've got a second one my second one is a slur i'm doing air quotes that the humans would use against the robots is to call them plastic Oh, like you plastic bastard or whatever. They use the words plastic specifically. There is no way in hell these robots or androids are made from plastics as a substance. And they never talk talk about a new substance of plastic being made. They talk about biomechanics. They're not made by plastic. It's some kind of metal. It's not plastic. But that's how hateful the slur is, Dave. It's not even respecting what they're made of. It's miseducation. Yeah. It's like they have given no thought into the design of them at all. I hate that so much. The bit that really, really personally pissed me off is when you're in the convenience store and you're holding up the guy. Mm-hmm. Did you did you do that bit as Kara? I didn't hold him up. No, okay. me either. So, so um, I held him up, but there's a bit where like another customer comes along and you, and so the person behind the counter has to like serve him while you're also like hiding a gun that you're holding him up with. She just puts it down on the counter and like someone could just take it and disarm her what but but the person buying food buys a six pack bottles of beer and tortilla chips and so th- this this game takes place in 2038 the cashier goes that'll be 4.95 please and i was like D- fuck this game <laughs> <laughs> just that level of ignorance 
It's just such immersion-breaking shit. Like that, yeah, like it's constantly. so small. But if you have a whole sequence that's in a like a convenience store, why would you get the one time they say a price so weirdly wrong? Yeah. Like maybe I mean, they how were much is to... a milk? Eleven dollars. <laughs> Twelve dollars. They may, may, maybe they were trying to hark back to the sixties because they 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 obviously read like a Wikipedia page on the sixties in America, and that was about it. Neve, where, where do you put this game with Heavy Rain? And Beyond Two Souls. I haven't played um, Beyond Two Souls. I'm currently playing that, actually. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I want to, but I need a fucking break. I way prefer it to be to Detroit, just because it, there's one character and it's way more focused. Okay. Mm. Um, with Heavy Rain, I think the thing... The issue... The, the special thing about Detroit is that it's androids, and I think they squandered that so much. Like, Heavy Rain is dumb as shit, but they're human, humans, 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 humans going through like whatever little drama they're going through and all the detective stuff with that. It's kind of what it's grounded in can't be fucked with too much because Detroit is trying to be a sci-fi as well as a drama. It just completely falls flat on its face on both sides of it. What I'll say about Heavy Rain is I think there is some dumb shit in Heavy Rain, like big time. But if I'm going to be like, completely honest when you do find your son in heavy rain and you're trying to revive him that got me a bit because like as the dad you had been through all this bullshit and loads of crazy shit had happened and you had like you had suffered and you had your son and as dumb as a lot of it was it actually did get me when you're trying to wake him up like that kind of did hit me emotionally and that's the purpose of that game it wants to bring you to that moment and so in that way it was like it's a dumb game but it was kind of successful I never reached that with Detroit, ever. It was like, it just fell flat for me constantly. And it's weird because I feel like when we actually discuss it, we're more positive about it because I think our shared experience is super interesting, but our individual ones were not. Yeah, Like, like the story I was told was not a good one. No, your, your story sounded a lot more interesting, Eve. Hmm. Yeah. But it's like the fun we're getting about it is discussing the different paths. If you were playing this in isolation with no one you can discuss the things with, like where is the fun from that? That's totally. just kind of a boring game. Yep, Especially totally. if you kind of like get the worst outcome on everything. Yeah. So yeah, that's Detroit. Spoilers are over. Spoilers are over. Welcome back, friend. Uh, so look out for Detroit in our game of the year discussion. Coming the end of the year, placing top five, no doubt. What's we move into some quick time events? So during the break, uh, Brian and Neve got talking about what kind of stripper they'd like to hire for me. And I just would be interested to hear their criteria. What are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Alright, fine, John. I'll do it. She has to have big ones. No, okay. Okay, I immediately regret this. Let's move in. Let, let, okay. Uh, A nice big smile. God fucking damn it. Assassin's Creed Odyssey leaked due to keychain. Yes. That is what happened. <laughs> Fuck yeah. They sent out keychains of a kind of Greek-esque helmet uh, that said Assassin's Creed Odyssey and it's kind of Wait, this is a physical keychain and not a like... physical keychain. Okay, for some reason I thought it was like an actual copy-paste code keychain. No, 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 this is like a little kind of gold helmet on a chain on a keyring for your keys. 
and it had a, a Assassin's Creed Odyssey on it. So that leaked. Ubisoft were like, oh shit, our E3 thing leaked. Uh, so they probably either spliced off a bit of a trailer they had or they really quickly put something together. Um, but they have uh, an unknown character kicking in another unknown character off a cliff in 300-esque, this is Sparta way. So I, this is I a, think it's really yeah. stupid that the first thing they released for their game is a reference to another piece of media. I honestly think it's because it leaked, they didn't have time, people were like, hey, it's like this, and they just were like, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, it's not fun, it's not clever, it's actually, like, it's in-game footage from... Remember this movie from 10 years yeah. ago? Yeah, 10 years ago. No, 11. 11 I really years feel ago. like it was someone had to whip something up quick to I basically so. roll with the leak. I mean, well, how do you guys feel about Assassin's Creed in Greece? This takes place in ancient Macedonia, I guess, rather than Greece. Because mm. it, it's called Odyssey, which leans into uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey by Homer. That's that's that, that's kind of interesting. There'll, there'll probably be DLC with Greek monsters, mm. and he'll fight a Cyclops and stuff. Some of the coolest stuff in Origins was when it got really mythic, and you had to fight like a giant snake or something when you were poisoned, and it, like there was extra events where you got to giant, fight a giant sand Anubis. Like, when they went big and they went fantastical, it was super cool, and I really like that game. So I think if they lean more into f the fantastical myth side of this thing, mm. that could be amazing. Like, Brian, that could be really good. What does it take for you to buy an Assassin's Creed game on day one? On day one? Yeah. 1916 Rising in Ireland. <laughs> Fuck, dude! <laughs> we, we would all play that. Yeah! yeah. Okay, so... I, I think every listener is like... Go on, because I I've totally sold the game to you guys. I've totally I, I yeah think, yeah I, I I would I would play that. I I think you could go into Ubisoft, say that to them, and they could be like, "Is he like friends with Michael Collins?" And I could be like, "They hate each other." <laughs> and like everyone's like, "Whoa!" I'm surprised there hasn't been like a Ku Cullen game or any Irish like he's Celts. in Persona. Yeah, he was in he was in Bravely Default too. Ku Cullen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they haven't done a Feudal Japan one yet. Yeah. They're saving that one yeah. for when like the series gets super fucking stagnant. They might want to bring it out soon. <laughs> John, you haven't played one since the first one. Uh, that's not true. I haven't played one since Brotherhood. <laughs> Which is pretty close to the first one. And There's been like 10 years despite of Despite everything you have said about Origins, there is not a series on the planet I am less interested in than Assassin's Creed. I think it is the most boring bunch of bullshit and I think Ubisoft makes stupid repetitive games. Rayman. Neve, I'm sorry, but if you are emotionally invested in Assassin's Creed, you deserve that pain. <laughs> Fair, but Origins was really good. I think Origins was probably a really good Assassin's Creed game. There's a giant crocodile. That's fun. <laughs> sure was. But it's still Assassin's Creed. It's still like it's still got I have never Creed seen. In it. Okay, I have never seen like anyone go to bat for Assassin's Creed in a full-hearted genuine way but that's because the kind of games there it's kind of they're kind of like gta you know what i mean it's the kind of fun you make yourself in the world the story's there and sometimes it's good sometimes it's so bad but like it's kind of the fun you have in between everything that's that's why i hang out with dogs you've <laughs> 
I'll bring a ball to the park and me and little Montgomery will have a fucking whale of a time. I don't need a game to do that for me. I want a game to give me an experience. I want it to tell me something. I want to take away from it. I don't want to go to fucking the highest pillar in Rome and jump off and be like, Awesome, I unlocked the achievement. But you get to climb a pyramid and then slide down the pyramid and you're like, Wow, I guess this is what it's like to be on top of a pyramid. You see? Like... <laughs> And I, I fully believe that you like these games, and I know, like, I, I respect that you like them, because obviously you know your shit, but, like, I've never seen any convincing argument to why these games are worthwhile. You can have a fire sword and then set lions on fire, and then they can chase you, and then chase other people. That just sounds like Far Cry. I love gathering a whole pile of bodies and throwing them all into one giant body pile. <laughs> that sounds like Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah. Yeah, okay, a lot of my favorite things you can probably do in other games, but it's all in one giant sandbox. Like, I watch so much stupid fucking, like, critical analysis gaming YouTube stuff. I have never seen a single video on Assassin's Creed. I saw Donkey say he hates Assassin's Creed once. That was pretty convincing. I don't think... I don't... Yeah, if anyone tried to make a video about, like, why Assassin's Creed does X really well... Why it matters. They're lying. They are lying. Like, completely. You're you're basically saying this series is mediocre. No, what I'm saying is it's fun. Like, it's like... It's it's mediocre fun, you know what I mean? It's a serviceable action game. Rad fun. Like, but stuff can be rad, but it can also be really, like, you can set a horse on fire, you can set a whole field on fire, you can cause so much much mischief, it's fun. Okay. I don't know if that's what the game's goal is, but that's how I feel like if I wanted to pick a game purely based on mischief, Mm -hmm. I bet I could have a lot more fun in other games. Probably, like, Just Cause or something like that. But what happens if you like mischief and vague history... (laughs) You see, that's the thing. I also don't believe in history. <laughs> Ancient lineage of assassins. I love the vague, like, like history crap that they throw in. I like meeting historical figures and going, no. <laughs> like, it's fun. <laughs> assassins Creed Odyssey. Yeah, leak through a keychain. Coming out probably by the time this podcast is out. I'm sure they're going to do a big E3 thing on it. Yeah. Uh, Fortnite for Nintendo Switch has leaked. <laughs> There was a um, photo, one of those blurry photos of a whole bunch of like Switch like uh, titles, and one of them like just said Fortnite, and that was later confirmed, um, I think, by a Korean Korean rating board. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's coming to Switch probably. We can all continue not playing Fortnite. And now not on the Switch. <laughs> Unless we start doing Let's Plays, in which we absolutely have. We have to do it. Like, yeah. we can't play PUBG. It's not cool to like that game anymore because they're suing Fortnite. We have to play Fortnite. That's so lame. How weak does that make that company look? PUBG oh, yeah. is the fidget spinner of video games. It is a fad from 2017, and them suing Fortnite because Fortnite is stealing their thunder is confirmation of that. But, like. <laughs> That's how games evolve. That's what's cool about games. Also, like, Fortnite's free, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be on the Switch. No. Yeah, I wonder how they're going to do that, because the mode that's popular is the free mode. They're totally going to make I think, you buy I think it, a 40-euro game. I think it might game. be free on Switch. Do you think? 
it would just line up with their business model and like their business model is doing well on everything else yeah but it doesn't line up with switch's business model which is just to kind of like milk they probably have to pay nintendo a lot of money to host their game on Mm -hmm. a nintendo system i would say put it this way out of that meeting (coughs) excuse me out of that meeting who has the leverage because i think it's fortnite I don't. I think the Switch needs Fortnite more than Fortnite needs the Switch. Yeah, Fortnite's hot shit. The kids love it. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's fight a boss in Fortnite. Yep, that's it. <laughs> two, <laughs> most, two most popular things in the world. And, and the two shall never mix. <laughs> I was talking to someone who was really into games, and I was like, oh, I'm on a like a podcast. So let's fight a boss. And they were like, never heard of it. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> Why would they? They're were, 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 were the Irish? Yeah. Yeah, that's no, it's. Something really annoying happens to me sometimes when I tell people I'm a YouTuber, where they'll be like, okay. But they don't ask any questions about mm. it, and I can't just be like, oh, I have X many subscribers, and it, it's, it sucks, because I'm like, no, I'm not. I No, it's a job. It is actually a job. I'm not like a poet or something. It's like, <laughs> I, I am like a fucking poet. <laughs> but you, you, you know, some people are doing like, oh, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like an illustrator, and they're like, so what have you done? And you're like... I drew, I, 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 I drew like a restaurant menu. I drew squall fan art. <laughs> so I drew, I'm an illustrator. Here's my fan art. Uh. It's a tough life, that internet life. Mm-hmm. It's not a real job. Not, uh, you know, it's not, it's, re- it's not real money either. It's just YouTube bucks. YouTube bucks suck so bad. Uh. It's Monopoly money. Hitman 2 leaked as well. Sure. But that doesn't matter as of today, because they had an official. They were going to have an official trailer reveal on the seventh, which is the day we're recording this. Back in time. Back in time. In in our time capsule, where our information is. Uh, I'd like to ask our viewers to forget everything you just heard in the last ten seconds. We are not recording this. We are speaking live, and we are your friends, and you can talk to us. Yes, the year is whatever year you need it to be. Push the fucking friendship. Two thousand twenty-three. It's just me and you alone on an island. Oh, I'm dead. I have been dead for four years. There's a knife buried in the middle of the sand between the two of us. Sweet. That's it. Anyway, uh, Hitman 2. That's cool. I liked that first game. I didn't play it that much, but it was cool. Um, Warner Brothers website leaked it themselves by accident. They had it up there. A lot of leaky ships this oh, year. I know, um, E3 is so leaky. I, I really think a lot of it is automated and they just have the wrong timestamp. Because you know how, like, the Twitter E3, I, I sent it to you earlier, the Twitter E3 was like, wow, that was a great day one, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, oh, they, they've got all of that pre-composed, they just had the wrong, like, post date for that. Which you can see someone doing, like, yeah. so you can check your spelling, I guess. But then afterwards they owned it, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. What did they say? They were just like, oh, we just thought it was a really good first day. And then... <laughs> <laughs> that is good, yeah. Um, we don't have it on the docket, but I just wanted to mention it briefly. Did you guys see that new Spider-Man trailer? For the film? Yeah. For the film, yeah. Yeah, so it's coming out Christmas, and it's done by Sony Pictures Animation. Fuck. It looks amazing. I, I really like what Sony Pictures did. The... Is, is it on twos? Uh, yeah, it's on twos and trees. It's not on but... ones. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they're doing something with it, like like three D mixed media, two D. Like it looks like an animated graphic novel. Yeah, it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. The art direction with it is just amazing. Yeah, like kind of kind of made me like art. 
Yeah. I, 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 also, I really like the dialogue in it. Like, you know, there's that bit about like becoming who you are, but like, mm. didn't feel like cheesy or anything. No, it, was, like, no. it actually felt gen- genuine. Yeah, and like, they don't look like Pixar characters. No, they they just look like three D characters that don't look like Pixar characters, and that is fucking rad. I like that Gwen Stacy like shows up at the end. Yeah, I was like, sweet. It's like all three of them together is such a good, cool visual, especially with Peter Parker and his little like. Oh, poor Peter. I yeah, like his how crap Peter's pants. kind of fuck up. Yeah. But yeah, that game looks... Game... Movie looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um... Fallout 76. Yeah. Sure. I am I am tapped out of the Fallout series after 4. That was a poor video game. So Fallout 76 is going to come out in November. It's going to uh, release very, very badly out the door. They'll patch it just at the end of December. And people will be like, no, no, it's good, everyone. Don't worry. I well, feel like it won't review super well. The shit that I yeah you're right. The shit that my problems with four weren't even the bugginess. I just feel you can't you can't patch bad game design. Like that game was designed poorly. Those encounters sucked. That combat system was better than threes. It wasn't good. Here's the thing, it's the gameplay in Fallout mostly sucks all the time. It's the dialogue that you kind of live for and this dialogue in 4 was so bad I really want to go play New Vegas because I've heard nothing but amazing things about that um people were initially quite excited about this trailer it's nothing but a kind of CG teaser okay so it's a short film yeah it's a little like teaser where they play that old timey 1950s like they do a good version of that on the Beast cast um, they do their little song thing which they do all the time now and I think people were really hoping it was going to be a single player game but like Jason Trier from Kotaku was very emphatically that's not what this is don't get your hopes up is it going to be like a an always online multiplayer? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, kind of, and kind of like a might have a battle royale mode. Everyone, I think it's like a kind of scavenger resource kind of kind of game, which could be cool given the location of Fallout and given that that is the narrative. So maybe having other people in the world would be would be cool. You know, it's just. It's just is that the, going to play well? The game is super famous for having these really interesting NPCs and yeah. If, if you're interacting with other people that have to roleplay, they're just going to be like, uh, I hate my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's like everyone on the game. I hate my mom. I don't want to do the homework. Dinner's ready. Shut up, mom. I'm hungry. Killer7 coming to Steam. Have you, you played Killer7? Yeah. Uh, you lent me a copy of it and I was like, how do I move? <laughs> oh, you, you don't, don't move. <laughs> you hold down A <laughs> and you steer the character. Uh, I love Killer Seven very dearly. I don't know that I like it, but I sure do love it. Somebody, Gochi Suda. Yep. I was really excited by this because I was like, that that's a weird game. I wish and like it looks cool. It sounds cool. That is one of the Masafumi Takada. Yeah, right that on. is one of the best sound. Like, I would say. The Killer7 sh- soundtrack shows up in at least half my videos. Mm-hmm. That is how much I love the soundtrack of that game. It's a good soundtrack. This seems to be just like a PC port. Like, I think they're just porting the GameCube game to the PC. Are they doing 1080 or 4K? Cause they so- haven't said anything. It was literally just a logo. I think I think they said that like it is going to be 1080. 
it is going to be the most basic ass yeah. upgrade. They're not going to add anything new. Travis Touchdown is in that game. <laughs> All right. Hopefully you'll play a little better. You're a fan of Killer7, Eve? Yeah, I love Killer7. And Killer you've 7. never played No More Heroes? No. No More Heroes is like Killer7 if Killer7 was a little... was made for humans. That That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Killer7. I think it's really cool. I don't remember what happens in that game. Uh, I... There's a guy in a wheelchair called Kevin Smith. That's all I remember. There's a fucking amazing bit where you fight the Power Rangers. You're a guy with schizophrenia and you have seven different personalities, which is like... Who who all have the surname Smith. Yeah, they're all assassins. And the biggest memory I have is being in a wheelchair with a bazooka and blowing the wings off an angel boss anime girl. That's, that's the part that sticks out in my mind. There is the a time. really cool like twist towards the end of that game there's a psychic child as well who has like a ribbon around his face he's not psychic he's blind he's blind yeah. but like he runs along the floor like a fucking xenomorph yeah and it makes like this weird footsteppy noise and it, it, it was it wasn't comfortable to play as but I think that um, was the idea what's cool about that is that Killer7 isn't dead that game has been locked up by copyright for a long time and I guess it's not anymore and yeah, cause like it's made by Capcom cause, cause it was one of the Capcom 5 yeah for the GameCube Capcom 5, dude. These 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 were five games made by Capcom exclusively. For they the were GameCube. all fucking cool. I've Here's... never played Piano 3, but... Am I crazy in thinking? Like, people... I've played this game. Did I play it on the GameCube or was it on the PlayStation 2 as well? It was on well? the PlayStation 2 as well. Okay, yeah. cool. So I played it on the PlayStation yeah. 2. Because, this like, got ported to the PS2. I think it got like a very okay. limited release on the PlayStation 2 and if I'm correct it happened a long time after the gamecube mm. release so not a lot of people knew about it but i'm pretty sure i played it on the playstation 2 as well yeah cool because i always remember like everyone says gamecube and i was like i did not play it on that at all but okay cool so i played i bought star ocean for the playstation 2 and i played through the first two hours of that and i was like oh my god i don't like japanese rpgs anymore <laughs> and then i traded it in for killer 7 I bought Star Ocean because it either came with a Final Fantasy X or X2 demo. The only reason you need to play. Yeah. I didn't like that game either. Yuna is back, everyone. And she's got some friends. X2 is a great game. Mm -hmm. Moving along. Uh, uh, Pokemon Let's Go slash Quest Revealed. Oh yeah, so this was originally leaked by someone on 4chan. Who had like a bunch of bullet points and they were all true. Uh, that like oh this was like a kind of a t this 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 game is a holdover for the actual you know next next mainline Pokemon RPG, but it would use aspects of Pokemon Go and it would be a light collecting game. The way they announced this had so many people confused because I kept seeing people say it was going to be it was a remake of Yellow. Mm. Yeah, because they said it was heavily influenced by mm -hmm. Yellow. And they had also said previously that they were going to do a fully-fledged Pokemon game for Switch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this takes place in the Kanto region. Only the first 151 Pokemon are in it. Uh, the game uh, strictly uses motion controls to capture the Pokemon in the Pokeball. Like, you, you've got no choice. You have to waggle your fucking Joy-Con to catch or them. Or move your entire Switch. Or you have the third option, which is a Pokeball controller. Yeah. Which is, do you want to know the price of this thing? I'm going to say 45 euro. 45 pound. Oh shit. That's 55 euro. I could buy a game for that. 
Yeah, exactly. It's nuts. Who the fuck buys that? This kind of rubbed me the wrong way a bit because I feel like they're kind of like, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's a more kid-friendly Pokemon. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Fucking weird adults play Pokemon Go. Like, there's there's some people I know that still play it. Yeah, they're but like, Pokemon has been a kid's game forever. Like, it didn't stop any of us getting into Pokemon. They did say that a Game Freak, they are making, like, a proper game. It's going to come out. In the second quarter of 2019, so this time next year we'll we'll have it. But the fact that they had to like press of yeah. like press of this, ugh, I don't know what word I'm saying. The we've, fact we've drank too many beer. The fact that they had to before this announcement say that don't worry, next year the real RPG is coming yeah. is really telling of the quality of this. This this, this is just brand awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to cash in on ghost stuff. Yeah. And the I, fact that it's split into two, even though there's only 150 Pokemon, like the only difference seems to be your starter is Pikachu in one, and your, or your starter is Eevee in the other. So it's like, who do you want on your box? You no, know, I'm a big Eevee fan. I don't know. I'd like to start with him. He's a little too vanilla. He is a brown dog. Gary Oak had him. Gary Oak is the shit. Yeah, like is that Twitter account still going? <laughs> Gary Oak's. Gary Oak's Twitter account. Was humorous, made humorous Pokemon jokes. He's just going around in a car. Uh, a lot of jokes about having sex with Ash's mom. He's crushing it, crushing it at cons. Um, Good they stuff. They showed this like weird puzzly RPG game as well with like cubified Pokemon. Uh, that just looks like a very light game. It's another one of those games where in four years' time nobody will remember it. This is Quest. You can download it right now for your Switch or your mobile phone. Yeah. Once I saw this, I was like. If you follow like Pokemon merch, before this what really got big was the Ditto merch. So it was like all the Pokemon characters but done as like Dittified versions so they had like dot eyes. That's so, kind of fun. Yeah, and it was super cute. I kind of felt like they want to make these Minecrafty versions to make merch out of it. Yeah. The oh. thing I saw instantly afterwards was a whole pile of cube plushes. I was like, that game purely exists for a reason to make merch. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, between the Wii and the Wii U lifecycle, there was a Pokemon minigame series called Pokemon Rumble that had low-poly design versions of Pokemon where they look... Like, like they're, all, they're, all, they're all like jaggedy, like Porygon. Um, and they made figures and everything of them, and like they mass-produced it, didn't do well. I mean, I'd never even heard of that. Because um, I, I I love low-poly stuff. It it completely exists. Uh, it didn't make any money. They pretend it never happened. Huh. This is their second attempt at it. And Pokemon is oversaturated sometimes. So guys, we got a lot of leaks out of E3 so far. Mm-hmm. We're going to have our E3 episode at some point next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are our E3 wishes? What are we hoping? Okay, so can this be broken into, like, okay, game reveals and all that? Yeah. But then there's the other side, which is, like, physical human disasters on stage. Oh, I hope so. Do you know, the one thing I was disappointed about last year is I felt like it went a little too smoothly. Yeah. Because they've started putting performers on stage instead of game devs. Well, like... No, yeah, that was the like Game Awards. I was going to say the fuck the Oscars guy, but that was Game Awards. Yeah, mm. Jeff was like, he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ninja's going to be doing the stream with Jeff on YouTube, so that seems like a possibility oh, really? for yeah for disaster. Mm. That dude's so tired, he's going to say something racist. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to let it slip again. 
he, oh. he, he, he did like two months ago. That's literally yeah. all I know about that guy. Yeah, same here. Like, I was really me, surprised when for they For me, it was really him. weird because I felt like he got this massive upsurge of real positivity. Yeah, because like, friends with Drake. It was like, oh, wow, the Ninja's doing this thing. Ninja's... Re-. And like people being like, man, Ninja's a great, like, he's a great, like, figurehead for gaming. And I was like, oh, okay, what? Okay. And then, and then like, I felt like that I heard that. And then literally the next day, everyone was like, oh, he said something racist. And it was like, well, that was fast. So fast. Um, I uh, Because on our podcast Discord, which you can join if you support us on Patreon, someone put up an E-Tree bingo of like possibilities that might happen. A lot of them are very good, like a car will be on stage. <laughs> Oh, that'll yeah. Because they'll announce a new Forza, and they'll be like, "And ladies and gentlemen, here's a car." Um, but then, like, I was kind of like chiming in. I was like, "You have two developers that fucking hate each other on stage, but they have to smile and be nice." But there's some sort of fucking power play going on behind the scenes. Well, do you remember last year with Ubisoft where they brought like all their key staff members out on stage at the end? Of, this is when they were um, like. They were undergoing a hostile takeover by Activision, and it was basically like, please, Activision, don't destroy our family. Yeah, that was so weird. <laughs> and I mean, they made it. Their family wasn't destroyed. They fought off that takeover, but it really was like, look, people, they're trying to break us apart. I like when they put Eve Gelmo, is that his name? Yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. I like when they put him on stage with Aisha Tyler because she's so gigantic and he's so tiny. I want Aisha to come back. Me too. It I sucked last I, year. I used to think I didn't like Aisha. I actually do. I love the awkward mess she creates. I hope they bring on a guy with another cane. I love when they bring on a guy with a cane. Pitch a meme. Okay. How about like a guy comes out in a zoomer frame and like he's doing like the Willy Wonka thing where like he's all rickety and old. But then he like drops a Zimmer frame and rolls out and goes, Far Cry. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, Yeah, alright. Or he goes, or like he looks you right in the camera and he goes, Watch Dogs Tree. <laughs> but then sure. but then his face turns into a dog and he runs off and goes, <laughs> Okay, maybe a little far there at the end. Little no, far, it's obviously gonna th- be gonna him happen. opening up his suit jacket and his t shirt will reveal the name of the new game. But, but, but the camera doesn't zoom in on it properly <laughs> so it just says watch <laughs> okay your okay. three wishes um, a Wario Land platformer that harks back to an older visual style yeah totally uh, gameplay of Metroid Prime 4 and I would love if there was a Christmas 2018 release but it won't be but just gameplay Metroid Prime 4 please so I have like a wish list I think will happen and then like a wish list that will never happen. Hit me. So my wish list that I think might happen is Halo 6. Where's Halo Bane? I would like to see some new Halo. That would be great. Resident Evil 2 remake. This has been rumored for ages. I think that will be there. That will probably yeah. be there. Um, I want to see Cyberpunk uh, 2077 gameplay. That would be cool for me because we've only seen that CG trailer and we've heard about a character creator. Um, I want to know what Shadows Die Twice is or if there's a Bloodborne 2. Whatever that is. I'd be down for Bloodborne 2. Yeah, that'd be cool. I want to know. Life is Strange 2, I would like to see a reveal of whatever that game is so I can know if I can be hyped or not. Star Wars, literally anything Star Wars that isn't Battlefront. So a 
non-massive online Star Wars. Yeah, I just uh, want I, I don't think narrative you're, I, I don't Star think Wars. you're going to get a narrative Star Wars. They, like, they, 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 they shut down the narrative yeah, Star they, Wars. The Amy Hennig joint. Yeah. But even like I'm if so they were bummed. like put something on screen and they were like Knights of the Old Republic tree, which is my ultimate dream, Knights of the Old Republic tree. <laughs> you're meant to be doing your ones that are going to happen. Okay, so like Star Wars probably won't happen, uh, and any new IP I will be happy to see. I want to see more Octopath Traveler stuff, but like that's literally coming out the following month, so I'm who cares? So fucking. They won't. Yeah, I know. I'm okay. so excited. I, I really hope they don't do Mario Tennis and Octopath as part of the Nintendo block. Yeah, because it's coming they, out. There's I'd, no I'd point. still be pumped to see Octopath, though. I really would. It would but it's but literally like, coming it's like, out the following month, like I, a month later. Mo- uh, Neve, they've released you know how all fucking long I expect to live. Names. Like we they, know uh, everything. I could be dead in a month. I could be dead in a month. Okay. They'll, 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 they'll probably have it as part of a montage and they'll have it on the demo floor, but they don't need to spend five minutes on it. I'd just, I'd like them to be like, hey, Octopath, look at this fucking weird mechanic and then move on. Here's the thing with Octopath, they've, they've hired the team to be developers for Square Enix for Switch specific games. They're going to be making more RPGs for um, Switch. Good. That, and that, Octopath seems to be their proof of The concept. demo of Octopath is, Octopath one, second. is the Here best we go. Like, old school RPG experience I've had in forever. Uh-huh. Are you going to get it day one, Brian? No, but... Brian! 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 You're both, you're both going to get it and you're both going to maybe play it by the end of the year. It's no, fine. no, you should get it because there's eight characters and we can all pick like a different yeah, one. Yeah, Brian, there's like Octopath... <gasps> I'll, I'll I'll see how we get on because we do have the flight to Toronto at the end of the year or at the, at, at the end of July. We do. Sounds like you could use a game like Octopath Traveler to be there. Yeah. Okay, here's my dream list. I don't know why I wrote it this way, but lesbian sleeping dogs too. <laughs> sleeping dogs too. I mean, sure. Gay Alan Wake too. Okay, noticing a, a pattern here. She wants representation. Bisexual Animusha. Okay. <laughs> why is why is Amanusha bisexual whereas the others are gay I'm doing an LGBT plus there you go but I would like to see um, it was trans Jack and Daxter I would like to see <laughs> yeah, I would like to see Sleeping cool. Dogs 2 Alan Wake 2 a new Animusha game and a new Jack and Daxter day game they're, they're my like Wish list that probably won't happen. Okay, uh, pansexual beyond good and evil too. But that's announced. No, but like confirmed and not retcon <laughs> confirmed. Okay, cool. I would like to see more beyond good and evil too. Actually, they might. They should. Uh, they'll they'll show days gone and they'll be like, whenever uh, every. Everyone will immediately forget that it exists. Uh, they they will show another uh, another short film made by Hideo Kojima, and he'll go. I promise it's a game. I can't wait till he combines all those short films into games. That's you, gonna be cool. Do you think we'll get gameplay? What is your best? Yeah, no. I okay, think we will. I think we will. Th- this is a third person stealth game. Yeah. Because like, one of the cutscenes that he showed before had stealth in it. Like you are avoiding enemies on the map. It's it's a third person stealth game. And the clapping robot to let you know when something's coming clear, it like Yeah. It yeah. Do you know what I'd like to see? Not because I'd ever go near it, but just because I'd love to see the announcements. Knack three, everybody. No. They might they might do a knack three. The kids need something this Christmas. Okay, can I do my wish? Yeah. What's okay. wish list? Nintendo stage, press conference starts. It's black for twenty whole seconds. 
you just hear sobbing. Lights slowly go up. Shigeru Miyamoto is standing center stage, nothing else. And he's bawling his eyes out. He's in tears. He can barely speak, he can barely stand, he's so upset. Leans forward into a microphone and says, Mother 4! Cut to black, Nintendo press conference is over. So no gameplay, no footage, no trailer. No, nope. just I don't tears. need it. I don't need any of that shit. <laughs> like he's saying, we're not gonna make it, but he's just he just said the name of the game. No, he's they're making it, <laughs> but it's been, and the process has been so. Uh, I wept at the end of Mother Three. But like they're making Mother Four. It's a fan game, and it's it's gonna come out. In no, next, it's coming out last year. It's coming out summer two thousand fifteen. I know, <laughs> but that's never gonna happen. But man, that's what I want. Does Mother 4 follow the same characters of Mother 3 or is it a totally different thing? In your head? Uh, totally different. Yeah, completely different. Okay. In Mother, Mother 2 happens, that's Earthbound. Okay. And then Mother 3 is like, this shit happened, like there's a point at the end of the game where they're completely unrelated and then at the end of the game they're like, oh, and this shit happened a long time ago. It's like near, except maybe not that long. Mm-hmm. What happens if Mother 4 is kind of like an it situation where it's the same characters from 3 but they're older? And it's a first person shooter as met by Bungie. Okay, I'm going to ignore everything else you said. That would be cool. Uh, but I mean, the guy who the guy who makes Mother, what's his name? Uh, she gets the toy. I'm, yeah, not, I'm, I'm toy. butchering that name. I think yeah, it's a toy. Yeah. A toy is a surname. Like, he, he makes diaries now. I don't think he gives a shit about games. He, he, make, he makes the Hobonichi planner and he makes belly warmers. He's very busy. Yeah. What? I haven't. I, I What's filled, a belly warmer? I, I filled an entire a, Hobonichi planner. A belly warmer is what people wear in the Northern Island. Uh, the, 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 the island that's in the north of Japan. Mm -hmm. um, Hokkaido. It gets very cold up there. Your belly gets cold. You wear a belly warmer. What is it? What piece of technology? It's like a big, it's like a big fuzzy belt. That you wear around your belly. <laughs> Big fuzzy belt. It is. The technology. And he does custom ones that have the print of like a pixel character from Mother. My Hobonichi planner has a special edition Mother cover. What's what's the planner? Is it just... It's a diary. Yeah, it's a diary. Okay. I filled a diary for an entire year. And it was the most depressing year of my life. And then you can read it back and it's just I actually, the stories of a sad person. I actually had to... I had to look up a specific date for a thing recently and so I went back to the planner and lo and like went to the day I found it it was weird it's weird reading a diary from a couple of years ago very, very sad boy very sad boy fucking hell not feeling it today <laughs> <laughs> angry angry young man I'm trying to think of other retree wishes. Okay, how about Microsoft? What the fuck are they doing? Halo, Halo Six. They're they just doing need Halo. To do Halo. Yeah, 6. but like something like okay, amazing. Okay, how about they're like okay. guys, guys? Project Gotham Racing. Anthem. They're gonna show Anthem. Like, yeah, like Anthem. Bioware. Are yeah. gonna do that. Does anyone remember? Blinks the Time Sweeper. Or like, or like a guy goes up and goes, Voodoo Vince too. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be another Gears of War. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Like, I'm still not entirely convinced that Last Gears of War came out. You know what? Yeah. They should have conquer. <laughs> Conquer's bad for the, uh, the augmented reality game. And they go, it's coming out this Christmas. And people are like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, we, we were making it this whole time. Okay, okay. Here's my Microsoft trailer, right? It opens up. Naked man. 
He's crying. Yeah, we know. No, he's not crying. He's kneeling in a pool of blood. <laughs> he's covered in blood. It's like the most realistic looking. Gra- like it's you can barely only tell that it's a like CG cutscene. He's bald, and he's shaking, and he's cold, and he's tired, and he looks up into the camera and he goes, "Why?" Grabbed by the ghoulies too. <laughs> okay, how about my game? It's like a 4K render of Bill Gates' face. He used the shoulder buttons to control his eyebrows. <laughs> and he pressed the A button to open his mouth. And he'll go, Micro! And then he closes it again, Soft! That's all he can say. I think we're onto some winners here. I mean, Mountain was a game. <laughs> <laughs> I think anything can be a game. Like, how about a guy just plays like a, an, an old DVD of The Matrix Reloaded? And he goes, That's my favorite film. And that's like maybe two hours worth of the presentation. Brian, have you ever seen the Mortal Kombat movie? Yes. Okay. Because I recently bought a Blu-ray of that. <laughs> Why not? That's a good movie. That's the best video it's a game really movie good, I, in existence. Joe, you know, I really like how they save the day, and then in the last minute, a guy in the sky goes, "And now you have to fight me," and they all like strike a pose in the credits roll. And Mortal Kombat Annihilation starts five seconds after that happens. Fuck yeah. Is that actually the best? Like, what is the best video game? I am Tomb Raider. 100% serious. Mortal Kombat is the best video game movie that's ever existed. I think the original Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie and Pizza. No, it does fucking not. Corn had a song for that. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, the animated movie. Corn had a song. Okay, if you want to talk (laughs) the actual best film, Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. Because Corn had a song for that too. We're talking live action. Okay, yeah, okay. Street Fighter 2, the live-action movie. Yeah, I, I, I actually like that film. It's I actually like, love that movie. It, it's I got Kylie it Minogue so as Cammy, yeah. and Jean-Claude Van Damme as uh, Guile, and Raul Julia as M. Bison. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, so it's genuinely fantastic. That Resident Evil apocalypse mm-hmm. um, first Tomb Raider. I've, I don't think I've ever seen the first Tomb Raider. But it's, it's got, it's got yeah. a cool robot in it. It's worth watching. Angelina Jolie is charming as hell. Yeah, she sure is. The second one's bad. I don't like the Cradle of Life. That's not a good film. Yes, there's a, there's a bit where she punches a shark underwater, but there's no friction of water because you know when you like move underwater, you've got like. But Kiryu punched a shark. Yeah, and this she punches a CGI but shark. That's Kiryu. Yeah, yeah. It's just it just. Lara went... Croft would murder Kiryu. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Kiryu would break every bone Lara in Lara Croft's, Croft's body. Would destroy him. I don't think Kiryu would fight her. I think he'd be like, I, I can't do that. I think Kiryu, while he's having no, a moment Kiryu, of moral, like, I don't know if I no, should do no, that. No. She's locked any, him in the freezer in the mansion. Any <laughs> no, no, Kiryu respects fighting spirit more than anything. And if if, if I don't think I don't has think he, fighting spirit, he doesn't give a shit what they are. I don't think he, Kiryu he can beat hit up a, woman. a tiger. I don't think he can hit a woman. She rode side saddle on a horse with a shotgun. I could fucking beat up Lara Croft. Kiryu would no, destroy you can't. her. No, you can No one could beat up Lara Croft. Lara Croft would fucking crush you. Between her legs. And it's Lara Croft. We're terrible. <laughs> Lara. Like, like Lara. there are so few people that could beat Kiryu in a fight, and most of them are in these Street Fighter tournaments. And Lara Croft. No, Lara Croft can't fight. She can, like, fire guns good. Yeah, and a gun beats a fist, like, every day of the week. Okay, how no. about, like, Rare... <laughs> 
walk up on the Microsoft stage and they go, we're so sorry. <laughs> like, like, they don't show anything. They're just using the platform as a, as a way to apologize for that pirate game. Oh, emails. Okay. Okay, okay. These are some quick, quick fire questions from. Hey, laugh my ass off. Sean. Sean, yeah. All right, how are you doing? I'm fine. Usual combination of rampant excitement and existential misery. Yeah, that. Okay, uh, for all of you, but specifically John, mm-hmm. what are your opinions on Dragon Ball Abridged or Abridged series in general? Yeah, I get this question a lot. Um, I watched Dragon Ball abridged, like couple of couple of years ago, maybe six or seven years ago, and I really enjoyed what I saw. Uh, I fell off it at some point, and I never felt a need to go back. Uh, I've hung out with the Team Four Star guys a couple of times, and they they seem really nice. Takahata is a lovely man. He watches wrestling. We chatted about that for a bit. So yeah, um, I watched a lot of Yu Gi Oh abridged, Same. like. 14 years ago. I think Little Karibo's brilliant. Uh, good stuff. It's at the stage with that, like, where I don't know what part of Yu-Gi-Oh was real because the the dub was so weird anyway and what part was abridged. It kind of all has formed into one in my mind. Yeah. But I don't ever think about it because it was, like, years ago. Okay, question for me. Opinions on Kanji Tatsumi of Persona 4. I, for one, think he doesn't fuck. Uh, I don't think he fucks yet. He's figuring himself out. Uh, I liked him in Persona 4. I don't like him in Persona 4 Arena because John plays as him and he hurts me. It's true. I uh, fuck him up. But I did enjoy his dungeon in Persona 4. I thought it was very funny. Yeah, it was. Okay, uh, question for Neo. Out of all of them, who was your favorite Dragon Age companion? Also opinions on Cassandra. I'm not going to say her surname. Pentagast. 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 Um, okay, so here's who I romanced in Origins. I played as a dude just to romance Morrigan because I loved her. Um, that I, was great. I, I've told my Morrigan story on the podcast before, yeah? I don't know. Have you? It might have been in the early days. I played as a dwarf in... <laughs> Fuck off. Dragon Age Origins. <laughs> sure. And I also really wanted to romance Morrigan because it's yeah. an attractive lady. And... What I didn't realize was that at some point this would lead to a sex scene between Morgan and a dwarf, a bald dwarf with a long white beard. And that sure was strange. Sorry, you continue. Uh, in two, I was kind of torn between Meryl and Isabella, but obviously went with Isabella because, like, obviously. Which one is Isabella? She's the pirate queen. My pirate queen, one might say. The sister was cool too. Yeah. Um, I liked. Um, I also liked Fenris. The best companions are in two, but it is kind of the worst game. Uh, in the third one, I romanced Josephine because my only other option was Sarah, who was very annoying, but later on became less annoying the more I got to know her, but I felt it was more of a friendship. Uh, I wish Josephine was a more fleshed out romance. Cassandra is that... 100% example of Dragon Age creating what is 100% a gay character from the outside 
and then being like, she's not gay, she's actually the straight one. Did the same thing in Mass Effect Andromeda. What what was her name? Like Kara, she had like the short blonde hair or whatever. But they keep doing this thing where they make very obviously gay or bisexual women and they just they are just a straight only romance option and I don't know why they do it. I really liked her. I don't know if I would have romanced her anyway because even though she's really cool, she's kind of boring. And I like a little fire. Okay, last question. What should I get myself as a graduation president? Present. Graduation present. Graduation present. What did you get yourself when you graduated? I have no idea what this is. Get yourself 100 chicken McNuggets. If you don't own a PlayStation 4, get yourself a PlayStation 4. If you don't own a Switch, get a Switch. Actually, yeah. Uh, PlayStation are doing a, a Days of Play sale at the moment. So PS4, there's a special edition that's blue and gold with two two controllers for 300 euro. You're American, so maybe they're doing something similar over there. Mm-hmm. Go for it. I actually have a very specific answer to this question. Go on. Uh, when I graduated, me and my class in of like final year high school... We uh, went out camping, and at some point I was like, wait a minute, I fucking hate these guys. And so I walked home from the forest by myself, and it took me three hours. And I was really glad I did, because I didn't want to be there anymore. Then I slept for six hours, I woke up, and I went into town, and I bought myself a copy of Resident Evil 4 and The End of Evangelion. And let me tell you, buddy, that's a summer. So, abandon your friends and buy some games. <laughs> Just become John. Trust me, whenever a friend becomes weak, shed them like a snake sheds its skin. Do not let them hold you down. Jesus. Why are you wearing your friend? Like skin. You'll find out. That's a bad analogy. John's oh. gonna die. Anyway. No, it's not, Neve. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, thank you so much, John. We love you. Thank you, you. Sean. That was fantastic. Okay, these are from Dan. And this is about accents. Okay. Okay, uh... This is brilliant. Do you want uh, me to read it? Yeah, sure. Hello, Brian, Neve, and Josh. Hey. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a recent Elfaber. <laughs> yeah! And an aspiring, aspiring American actor. Aspiring to be an actor, not an American, that is. I have found that listening to your podcast has helped me with my accent work. I've been trying to nail down an Irish accent, and listening to you all has been a great way to casually learn it. So I wanted to say thank you for helping me, but also to make uh, me feel better about my mediocre Irish accent, I was wondering if each of you could try doing an American accent. I've prepared some American phrases for you. Okay, so should we read them in advance, or should we just go for it? This is from Dan. Thanks, you, Dan. We're going to try and do these now. Okay, have we got them all ready to go? Okay. Do you want to take one each? Because he gave us three phrases. Yeah. Or do you want to try them all each? Um, I think we should all each do one. And then maybe if we feel comfortable, we'll do a few more. Okay, I'll do one. Do you want to get some beers on the way to the ball game? That was terrible. Yeah. I'm going to try another one. Okay. I think we're all doing the kind of like... What's the name of this game? Or how do I find this? It's called Accents. Okay. Yeah. Here's the, here's the, do you want me to read the phrases? I'll say them first in my most plain Irish accent. Hello, I would like to order three tree cheeseburgers and a Diet Coke. Do you want to get some beers on the way to the ball game? Gee golly, that 16th president Abraham Lincoln sure was a swell fella. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try one. Uh, I'm gonna do this, do this Southern. 
Gee golly, that 16th President Abraham Lincoln sure was a swell fella. A southerner would never say that. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I would like to order three, three cheeseburgers and a Diet Coke. <laughs> Gee golly, that 16th President Abraham Lincoln sure was a swell fella. Hello. <laughs> I love being annoyed. And nasal. <laughs> Do you want to get some beers on the, on the way to the ball game? Where's is is that gonna, even from? I don't know. <clears throat> you want to get some beers on the way to the ball game? That's very neutral. Hello. I would like to order three cheeseburgers and a Diet Coke. <laughs> Where the fuck is he from? Hey, I'm walking here! And I'm trying to order three cheeseburgers and a Diet Coke! I remember the first time I went to Florida in like 1999 <laughs> and like hearing like TV voiced Americans versus real Americans. That's what I always say yeah. to Americans. Whenever we go to America, it's like being on TV because everyone talks like you're in a fucking TV but show. But then like, they'll be like, this is awesome! And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with your voice? <laughs> you see the the American voice a uh, voice I think we get and a lot of the tourists that we get over in Ireland oh, are like kind of um that 70s show kind of mom voice that's kind of what I hear like oh my gosh your houses are so tiny <laughs> like I hear like I see someone look in the window being like there's a dog in there and they live in this tiny house like little small rats I always remember me and Michelle were walking behind a couple once and we just heard the, there was this, this was just in like central Dublin and the woman just turns to her husband and goes oh my god it's just like the most magical place on earth <laughs> oh Harold Hey, hey, Bar! Look at look at the <laughs> look at the leprechauns! Isn't this place fucking quaint? Oh God! A very oh. beautiful American stopped me today for directions. Like he was beaming. He was already talking at me despite me having my headphones in. But he was just like Temple Bar, left or right. <laughs> and I was just like, what? <laughs> I was like. What? This way. Uh, I hate it when beautiful people makes make you makes you an idiot. I uh, know his beautiful smile. I was just like, fuck. <laughs> okay, my last American thing is when we were in uh, uh, LA last year at the con. What was it called? Anime Expo. That's yeah. the one. And I had to get to you guys real quick, so I had to shove through a bunch of like tweens. <laughs> and so I shoved through one of them, like very faintly, goes, uh, "Excuse me, is that not in your dictionary?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, he fucking got you, Brian. I was like, hey, you got me. I'm fucking 20 meters away. But you, but I guess you don't know what a meter is yet. Fucking American. Oh. <laughs> what are we... Because they don't do okay, the metric system. We're getting a little hostile now. Yeah. we got to back off. <laughs> they don't do the metric system, and it's really good. We, anyway, we, we, next we, email. We got rid of Mars. Brian, Brian. Next email. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a podcast. This is from Wes. Hey, Wes. How's do you want me to read it? Yeah. Hey, Elfab. <laughs> yes! Um, <laughs> Don't say that anymore. I've been binging your podcast episodes for the last few weeks now, and aside from the absolutely loving it, I finally decided to do something I've wanted to do for a while, and that is start a video game podcast. So I have two questions, one for John and one for all of you. One, 
Are there any podcast host pitfalls I should be aware of? Are any general advice for being a host uh, and corralling my friends uh, and the conversation? That's tricky because like, I feel like as the host, you do have to be, I guess a little more the, the like straight man, straight man, straight man of the straight podcast. Man. Like you do have to John kind of- straight man. <laughs> you do have to kind of keep order. And like, I think I'm way more, in some ways, I'm way more uptight than Brian and Neve, so I think it kind of just works for us. But I think what I'd say is it's very important to pay attention to like a conversation's flow and know when to move on to the next subject. Because like I've had experiences where going on to other podcasts before where I'm not the host and the conversation drags on and on and on and goes around in circles and it kind of sucks, I find. Like, it's not fun to be on. I don't listen to the back to them, so I don't know. But, um... Yeah, knowing when to move on is really, really important. And I guess just like it's something you develop a feel for. And I always kind of say it whenever anyone asks about podcasts. You do develop a kind of chemistry with your co-hosts and you do learn to kind of read each other. Like to me, podcasting is like improv. It's like you kind of feed off each other and like help each other a little bit. And you're all kind of like, you know, making sure there's no lulls. And so I'd say recording consistently with the same people is important. For for the kind of podcast we do anyway. But yeah, um keep things moving. Don't let things stagnate and know when know when to drop a subject. And two, do you ever find yourself trying to play more games, watch more TV so that you have things to talk about on the podcast? Or do you find that you already have plenty to talk about without going out of your way? I totally play more games on TV. I totally do things because I'm like, this will be fun to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Detroit's a good example. Like, I don't think any of us would have picked that up day one no. if we weren't doing the podcast. But Detroit is such a good podcast game to talk about because it's all kind of narrative. The most fun I've had in Detroit is this podcast. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure our listeners get to join in in that madness as well. Yeah. Um, there are some weeks where I'm just like, I don't know what material I've got, but then like, maybe you just remember something from your childhood, so you're just gonna tell everyone a personal short story. Like, I think the truth of it is, I don't know how many people listen to this podcast for our hot takes on games or news or anything like that. Because like, because like, we're not up to date and stuff. No, we're like, often like a week and a half behind or more. Um, I think people like... Ultimately, people listen to podcasts because they're friendship simulators, or at least discussive podcasts like this one. And I think that's, that's what's cool about them. And that's cool. Like, yeah. we're here for you. I think you can find a balance between just doing the stuff you would normally do and watch and kind of cherry picking things you all think are interesting that might be topical. I think, like, just like being around Brian and Neve more makes me try things i wouldn't usually try like I, i'll be i'll a lot of times i'll recommend a game or i'll play a game neve recommends or i'll try a show that brian recommends and i like that a lot because i know that's going to be a good discussion on the podcast then because i find like it's very easy to find an excuse not to play or watch something but the podcast like gives you onus to do that if the goal of our podcast is to kind of like convince people to maybe try new media that they wouldn't have tried before but we're not going to do it ourselves that's kind of you know, that's pretty bad. Yeah, totally. So if if you can, like, try and play what your friends are playing or try kind of enjoy what your friends are enjoying a little bit so then you have different perspectives on the one thing. Yeah. Thank you so much for that email. Yeah. Last thing I'd say, just about the hosting stuff, uh, 
don't try and control it too hard either. Like, let it, let the conversation kind of flow as it will. Yeah. Okay, this last one is from Samuel. Sam, from Maryland. Uh, sorry if this has been asked before, but uh, where is your line for uh, offensive fake accents? Americans can't do Irish accents. That's very offensive. I've been doing a really bad Irish one lately. <gasps> and wanted your input on whether or not I should stop. Um, Sam, I feel personally yeah. triggered right now. Like, how would you like it if we did American accents? Like, you'd be so upset. And that's just not on. Yeah. Uh, Sam, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think Sam, maybe, uh, maybe you ain't welcome around these parts anymore. Yeah, Sam, you did it. I mean, I don't know. Like, I can't speak for the country of Ireland. I've never really found bad Irish accents very offensive. No, I think like okay, being in all seriousness, if someone did it to me, like yeah, it's that. That's what's like. If someone's like, "Hey, I'm gonna do an Irish accent," you'll be like, "Okay, go for it." But if someone's just like. Top of the morning to you. You're just like I'm more embarrassed than offended. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's kind of like oh, and like okay. like sometimes when I do stuff like with overseas people, I feel like at some point it comes up like oh yeah, because the Irish drink a lot, and it's not that I find that offensive. I'm just kind of sick of hearing it because mm-hmm. like really is 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 that is that what you are? Is that all you got? Like is that the way this conversation is gonna be? But that's not offensive, it's more just like... It's more like if someone made a lame joke. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, you've run out of stuff to say to me. I'm gonna go talk to someone else now. Yeah. It's like, if you're working at the sh- uh, at a shop and you hear the same sentence over and over and over. No Irish person has met an American person and not come away with a bad accent and that one line. You know what I mean? It's been done a million times. So I think if you're doing it in your day-to-day life and you're doing it to be funny, yeah, sure, whatever. But if you're talking to an Irish person and you're just going to launch into the, like, stereotypes, no one's going to be like, oh my god, you absolute dickhead. But they will be thinking in your mind, oh, fucking hell, here we go again, you yeah. know? Like, you are not the first person to do it. You are certainly <laughs> not the last. But maybe you don't have to be one in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that, that's, that's, that's it. So if you want to try it out in an Irish person, just be like, hey... I'm working on my Irish accent, and then it's a joke that you're both in on, and not something weird. <laughs> do, do we? Do we? Do we have Irish accents? To Americans, we do. Yeah, totally. Like okay. Irish people ask me, "Am I American?" But Americans know I'm Irish. Okay, because I know I have a mid-Atlantic accent most of the time. Same. Because a mid-Atlantic accent is a made-up fictional accent mm-hmm. that Irish people have from watching too much American television yep. as a child. Yep. So it's mid-Atlantic. It's a fictional nowhere island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Brian, your accent comes through when you get upset. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm from Cork in the south of Ireland and that is a very distinct regional dialect and if I stub my toe in the door it fucking comes out. Fully. And maybe yours comes through when you talk fast. Probably, yeah. But I think it's, isn't that such a weird cultural thing? How there's an Irish accent that is an amalgamation of all the media we watch. Mm -hmm. So my brother and sister have really, really strong, like, country accents. So they're like, they drop their T's. They're like, ah, sure, what the feck are, you know what I mean? They're like really, really, like, super Irish. But 
American media has twisted my mouth so much that I have whatever the fuck this is. Yeah, same. You know? And, like, I remember growing up and people being like, why do you talk like that? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I can't, I just, I watched a lot of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sam, you're all right. Don't worry. You're all right, Sam. You, you yeah. have our permission. Yeah, Sam, you didn't fuck up. We're just fooling. Okay. Um, next episode, we're probably going to be taking a lot more emails. So we're just going to give you the heads up now. Yeah. Please, uh, especially quick fire ones, because we love the quick fire ones. We're going to be jigging up the schedule a little bit for the next, the, just the next week or so, because we want we want to put something out for E3, but then me and Neve have, me and Neve are going to be at QCon in Belfast, if anyone's going to be there. And so we have, um, you're going to be getting another episode a week from now. But you're also going to be getting E3. You're going to be getting a lot of, lot of Let's Fight a Boston next week. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be going back to our regular schedule. Yeah. Uh, but we'll probably take a lot more emails in the next episode because we won't be playing a lot of games. We'll just be reacting to stuff. So let us react to your emails as well. And if people wanted to react to our emails, Neve, where could they send them? Ask Let's Fight a Boss at gmail.com. That's Ask Let's Fight a Boss at gmail.com. Okay. Should we drop all the other stuff? We have a Patreon. We yeah. also got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash LFAB. Huge shout out to the Patreon there. I'm still very much enjoying that Discord. It is a lot of fun. You guys are brilliant. Uh, I check it every day. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Thanks for supporting us. Yeah, it's it's rad. Um, if someone wants to get their email read on Let's Fight a Boss, what advice would you give? Because I would say, if you've already sent an email, we've seen it, we've read it, we might read it out, we might not. It kind of depends. But you don't need to keep sending it. I think if you would like to get your emails read out for the next podcast specifically, quickfire is good, video game related is best. Make us say things? Yeah. No, not that one. Okay. I'm also kind really, of, you know, I'm a kind of fan, I'm a fan of hypotheticals. I hypotheticals? love I I love a good what 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 if or how come or hypothetical who could be? Okay, so if we were all on an island and we all had to murder one of us. Okay. What? Whoa! Okay. Oh, okay, well, that's gonna be fucking me. All hypotheticals, like, are basically moral in nature, so okay. it's kind of like, would you kill someone? What weapon? Yes. I just wanna know. Okay, this got this got dark. I was, I was okay, like, what, please. what video game character would you go for dinner with? Like, that's No, I, I Which wanna... Which video game character would you kill? Okay, dark emails towards John. Oh, we're going to get them. Okay. What should we look up on the deep web? Yeah. Okay, yeah. If there's something like fucking fuck that you want us to look at. Look, look. What we're getting at here <laughs> is that... I probably looking, will look at we're it. Looking, they won't. We're going to have a very special email episode coming up soon. Get your shit in. Ask that's why the boss at gmail.com. Make them fun. Make them original. We'll read them. Okay, this is over two and a half hours. Let's do the loot drops. Let's do the loot drops. I can go first. Uh, this is a video called from Summoning Salt, and it is about a Mario Kart 64 track. Oh yeah, called Choco Mountain, and it is basically about how people gradually broke down this track and learned how to fucking ruin it. And so, a track that should take about two minutes, people eventually learn to do in under twenty seconds. And there's this one particular glitch that people found that is so impossible to do 
because the way Mario Kart works is you, there's three laps, so any glitch you find on a track, you have to do it three times in order to maximize it. Which means that if it's difficult, it gets increasingly unlikely you're going to be able to pull it off each time in a row. And there's one particular glitch where a guy tries it 24,000 times. <laughs> no. Sure. It's a really fun video. I like Summoning Salt a lot. Very different take on kind of a YouTube video. And I think he's cool. And I think people should check him out. So, yeah. Uh, for me, all my big threes drop Star Wars videos. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't drop a Star Wars video on <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jenny Nicholson dropped a solo video, which I want to just say me and Brian saw and we don't want to talk about it which is kind of our feelings on that. I yes. sure like that Jenny Nicholson video, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah just watch that. Uh, just watch that. I, I don't feel the need to input any further. I'm not buying the art book. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Lindsay Ellis did another Star Wars uh, video, which is about the ideology of the First Order, which is really interesting because of the iconography they use. And Sean did a video about why he likes the last jedi i think sean's one was very funny because like he he's very few visuals it's mostly just like the, the skull mm-hmm. and he's just like he's being real fucking patient with the whole thing that's every video sean does and they're all great mm-hmm. uh, he's just a lovely fella very very charming man he wields dry humor so well oh my god yeah this one video i can't remember he was taking the piss out of some super far writer and they hadn't like they hadn't done their research or whatever and he was like the problem with not doing your research is that some handsome chap will come along and make a fool out of you (laughs) 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 okay my video is a youtube channel about like youtube engineering i guess and it's about solving the housing crisis but it uses dublin as an example weird uh, because we are one of the most expensive cities in the world to rent in. And the YouTuber is Irish. And like, if you want to hear like a cool Irish accent, this is a, it's a video for you to listen to. Because it's someone who sounds Irish without sounding like way too Irish. But this is what a normal Irish person sounds like, I guess, is what I'm Because we don't. This person sounds more Irish than we do. Okay. But not too Irish. Out of the three of us, who sounds the most Irish? You, Neve. Neve, yeah, for sure. Fuck! <laughs> 100% Neve. Oh, okay. Because when you play a game, you play a game. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're Irish. You play... Oh my god, never mind, I can't hear it. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> That's exactly why. Uh, no, I, I, I just found this YouTube channel and I was like, cool, a non-gaming YouTube channel, here we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, and and they talk about San Francisco as well, just because Dublin and San Francisco both have crazy high rents, and it's because of the historical buildings that cannot be interfered with. <laughs> okay, which is very true. Yeah, fucking Dublin rents. It's such a killer. Yeah, uh, that's it. That's it. We're done. We finished it. We beat episode seventy-seven. Yeah, thank you so much for joining in this good fight. What do you guys think is the most valuable lesson we learned in this podcast? Uh, to edit in timestamps for when we said things wrong. Yeah. I would say to leave in those things. Do you think? <laughs> no. Okay, uh, we're leaving them in. I guess we'll see. I really... Goodbye, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>